offensive that you find it offensive. It's Hotline League episode 205. Uh, we're starting off on a fight. Mark and I are in a fight right now, um, but we have to keep doing the show anyway because uh, we both have significant financial incentives the to do fight this. Is because Travis banned my entire tag of my Twitch emotes, so no one of my subs could use any of my emotes in his channel. Which, which I agree, was a little too much. However, because he doesn't want to feel intimidated. Mark by Mark tried to fans. to circumvent a ban on one of his emotes by uh, what is it? band dodging? <laughs> is that what's the term that they use? Band dodging, I think. Uh, he, he tried to band dodge one of his emotes. I, I was down to let all of his, and then he tried to game the system so that I couldn't ban a very specific emote, which is offensive. And, um, anyway, the show, by the way, thank you. <laughs> shout out to Alienware, Grubhub, and GameFuel for sponsoring the show. Uh, it's, uh, it's going to be a spicy episode. I can already tell, uh, because of how things are, are starting. Uh, but... Let me go ahead and introduce my constant co-host, Mark Zerman. How's it going, Mark? Uh, it's good. I had a pretty long day. Got up and recorded the blame game earlier. Um, it went pretty well, but it turned out to be a longer one than I thought it would be. Really? I feel like uh, it's about 10 minutes. I, I want to keep it between like 6 and 8 as like an ideal sweet spot. 10 starts to get a little bit long for like viewer brain retention and yeah. digestibility. Um, Part of it's it's a series now. Whenever there's series, things tend to get a little deeper. And part of it is I've realized that like when I do it live in front of Twitch chat, people often I, I see people not understand some of the points I'm making, and I have to like go in more depth to make sure that they're not getting confused. Whereas when I make it in the past, I would just like kind of steamroll over it, and I didn't care either you got it or you didn't. And like people in the comments is that a good thing it. or not? Because now you have to you're dumb, you're dumbing the whole thing down to the lowest common denominator, right? Yeah, I feel like it's not really a good thing. Like it would be better if I I just said my thoughts on it and moved on rather yeah. than like ca caveating and all this stuff. Uh, so it's something I'll have to balance going. And forward. I know I know that this is this and this is this. And a but lot still. of people think that this was the right move yeah. here, but really, my opinion. And really, when you say a lot of people, you just mean like four uh, people in chat. Steampunk seventy six in chat, yeah, yeah, who is like an LS stan and hates that you're disagreeing with him or something. What is this week's episode about? Uh, it's about Abba and Closer getting gapped and Jenkins dying a lot. Okay. Well, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, next up, we have, I think for the first time ever, Latigris on the show. Latigris, welcome to the show. Uh, uh, this is the first time, right? We haven't had you on previously? It is. First okay. time ever. Thanks okay. for inviting me. I usually well, catch I the VODs. I don't even get to usually catch it live. So. Well, I'm glad now we can have you on live. I, it seemed like Are a good you? week to have you on because of the very exciting weekend for you. I don't know if people had realized you had cast Academy previously, but this was not your first time casting League of Legends in a professional sense, but your first time casting LCS. Yeah, I've casted Academy and the collegiate scene as well leading up to this. So it's kind of cool to see the people that have seen that and be like, oh, snap, it's happening on the LCS. But a lot of people having no idea as well. And it was a really insane experience. Were you were you frustrated at all that they paired you with their weakest caster in order to like make your debut? Oh, yeah. So frustrated. So awful. No, I actually was so excited, though, to see that Mark was going to be the first person I casted with. Because if anything, we spent all that time on the desk together over the past two years. So having that rapport in an on-camera sense already with the person that I would be casting with 
did add a lot into being able to transition into going into the LCS. So looking forward to, you know, in the future down the line, getting to see what it's like casting with everyone as well. But this was definitely the, what I was super hype about it for sure. Yeah, I uh, I thought it was pretty funny. I So Mark had told me earlier in the week, he had said like, oh, I have to run early because I'm going to do like a a test cast or something with Latigris or whatever. Or like a building, ca- I don't know, synergy building? I forget practice what you call cast. it. Practice cast. Practice cast, yeah. Some, something very technical, like practice. Um, and <laughs> I had thought that it was just something you guys were doing for like as like a fun experiment or something. I, and so whenever suddenly... You popped up on the on the casting desk. I think it was Sunday, right? Yesterday. It was on yeah. Friday. 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 That's what, yeah. My God, all these days all the are days mesh together. together. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, I was like, oh my gosh, it's uh, it's cool to see see you guys do that. And I I was super super well received. I thought I don't know how much you saw. I don't know how often you weighed into community responses because sometimes it's not a healthy decision. Uh, but whenever I went and looked at all the response or all of the comments on the threads for those games, people were very, um, very appreciative. And, uh, there was even one uh, comment that I said that thought that you guys were already like the second best caster duo behind flowers and Kobe. So, um, it was pretty cool to see all the, the positive feedback. I think we were better than Kobe. Is he going to charge in again? Uh, I, I don't know. I don't think he's from behind again. <laughs> I'm charging it. It was really, really insane, honestly, like all the feedback and stuff. Mark knows, like, well, I almost didn't get the tweet out that I was going to cast because I was running from the stage. We ended up not being able to do the interview at the time, but I was running from there up to the caster booth and was like, oh, snap, I I didn't actually get the tweet out. And then uh, took the pic and all that and was like, oh, you know, I'm not even going to look at socials like while casting and stuff. I just want to focus. So I didn't even see everything until later. And obviously kind of mentally prepare for like the worst possibilities. And I already have kind of an approach to social media because I do like to get an idea of community sentiment, but in a healthy way where I can process it and actually apply it to my growth as a broadcaster. So I did want to see what everyone was saying. And then it was wild scrolling through and especially seeing from peers, for instance, in the industry and what opinions they held. A lot of those that have experience in the field and the like was really cool to see. So a big, huge exhale after (laughs) getting the first two games done. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought it was super cool. Some people, sorry, really quickly. Some people are saying I'm a little loud, so I'm going to go ahead and try to turn, turn that down a bit. Um, but please keep letting me know about audio guys. Cause I know sometimes it's, it gets a little funky. Um, yeah, no, I mean, it's super cool. How long was that in the, the works for both of you guys? I don't know if this was something where like uh, a week before they were like, let's try this. Or if this had always been the plan or if you'd been uh, trying to make it happen. Gabby is Travis a, like a little choppy break yuppie to you on discord or is that just on my end i think it's just on your end i think he sounded fine to me there bye hi uh, i'll try and figure it out <laughs> I just do it. i sound choppy to you no, no i you think i think we're fine maybe it's just discord being a little funky it does that sometimes and then results yeah itself. whatever as long as it's fine for the, the audience um what was the question i was just i was asking both of you guys or maybe more gabby like how much of or how how long had this been in the works? Was this something? Obviously, you'd been casting the academy side and like other league stuff previously, but was this something where like at during the off season you're like, hey, I really want to try to make a push into casting or 
did they approach you? Was it something relatively recent where they're like, would you guys want to do this? I don't know. Uh, as far as the desire to cast on the LCS, I mean, when I joined the team, like the team that we work with knew that I had casting experience and I was really dedicated to doing Academy for some time with the hope of uh, eventually, what what is this I'm seeing in Skype? What did you just put oh, over here? Oh, oh, did you, uh, I'm I'm telling. This Travis is our about... secret back chat. Mark and I this have is, the this... ability to chat with the guests and ourselves in the Skype chat. Oh, um, and, this, and this so way, we can if... say things secretly that we don't want people to know. Uh, but now you're out. And I'm us. just here exposing. Yeah, yeah, it all. Exactly, Look, exactly. I am a noob with Skype. I have no idea how it works. I only use it for Twitch rivals and had to create a whole different account because I couldn't even access my old it one. It works exactly the same as every other so video weird. messaging process program. There's I don't know why audio and video Skype and a chat. Yeah, I don't it's either. just. Yeah, yeah, Travis uh, is such a boomer. There's no reason to use Skype. Zero. Mark knows Zero that there reason. are explicit. I've literally explained him the technical side, and he loves doing this. Just <laughs> leaning in to make it sound like I'm a strange person. Uh, uh, anyway, uh, well. sorry. Finish your story, please, Gabby. <laughs> Learning things. Anyway, uh, yeah. So I'd been hoping to cast LCS for some time. Was working towards that, and then yeah, found out earlier on ahead of this lock-in performance that we would get the opportunity to do it together. So, so as soon as we knew, get our practice cast in, excited, get comfy and cozy leading up to it. And then, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Nice. Well, I'm glad you, you had such a, a well-received debut. I'm glad that you had a, a great caster alongside you. It was pretty fun to see you guys make all that happen. And it seems like, again, people were really excited about it. So, um, hopefully we get to see more of it in the future. I never know how things go with the broadcast. They change things every five seconds, but, um, all right, this week, let's talk about what happened this week. So obviously, uh, we have one big upset to talk about in Locken. Mm-hmm. Um, there's Chemtech Drake. I'm sure that's going to be more of a, a Mark thing than, than us. Since I know Mark, you've had a lot of opinions about Chemtech Drake previously oh yeah i, I gotta find one for that today I, I i haven't ever ranted against it as hard as i really feel but now that it's dead i can just let go and i'm sorry <laughs> to the, just anyone on the design team who hears this but yeah well if if anybody wants to call in about chemtech drink you can you can argue it shouldn't have been removed you can celebrate its demise uh whatever you need to do you can you can have that conversation um other than that i'm wondering if it's mostly been lock in and and the Chemtech Drake stuff, has there been anything else big? Obviously, uh, TL finally ran their full bot lane this weekend. That was pretty cool. Um, I'm not sure if there is I mean, anything else. I think they're reacting to the games this weekend and predicting the finals. Because like a lot of people yeah. were expecting 100 Thieves to be in the finals. I think there's some predictions, myself included, that might need Everyone's to get updated. Everyone's wrong. Yes. Like, even the aspect of, oh, only Jet or Freak can win in terms of who wins the whole thing. They still predicted 100 Thieves to be the other team in the finals. So yeah. it's pretty wild. Yeah, yeah no, and I'm... like... Go ahead. I was going to say, like, some of the teams, I think like EG and dig play or something like some of the finals aren't even possible now let alone the hundred thieves <clears throat> side like dig would then take the place of hundred thieves and they're playing someone else later i can't remember it's which one it is dig versus tl and eg yeah. versus c9 yeah yeah i i'm very interested to see if dig can actually cause an upset again i feel like it's very unlikely but who knows um and then i i think i'm really excited about um, the other game, it's going to be 
pretty fucking hype. Um, so yeah, let's get some predictions in. If anybody has some calls that they want to make, or if you guys want to, I'm ex- I I imagine there will be some call either this weekend or or this week or next about how C9 should just keep running the same exact roster. Uh, I I've pred- I've done this show long enough that I know somebody will try to be like they should just do the- stick to this roster. Yeah. Um. Uh. Yes. Yeah, some stuff about River. There's a whole bunch of stuff. So. Either way, uh, please go ahead. Mark, you want to explain how the show or how the um, the call-ins work? Yes, yeah, so it's a little slow pulling people, so I'll need a little bit of time. But this is a live call-in show. So right now in Discord, I'm spamming the link to go ahead and join up the Discord that we use. Um, when you get here, go ahead and join Pleb Calls or Pleb Calls 2 voice channels. Then mute your microphone once you get in there. No mouth breathing, please. Uh, and then up above in the text channels is where you're actually going to put your takes. So go ahead, write it out. You know, you think EG is going to stomp, uh, TL is going to lose to Dig as well. You know, whatever it is your take, go ahead, put it there. If we like it, we'll pull it into, pull you from the Pleb Calls channel into the waiting room channel where you'll hang out until it's your turn. We'll do a quick audio check when it is your turn to make sure you sound good before pulling you into the on-air room to discuss with the Tigress and Travis. Do and the talky-talk things. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, while Mark is pulling folks... Uh, let me also mention, first off, that if you are a sub, first off, thank you for subbing. Uh, Ganyu and Jean Lee are releasing in uh, Genshin Impact tomorrow, and I'm going to need a lot of revenue um, to fund what are going to be some pretty big roles. Uh, Mark, I'm thinking about going for Ganyu Constellations. I, I, oh, no. I was even considering doing like a, a sub-a-th- like a mini subathon to try to... 24-hour subathon to, to get Ganyu to C6? I don't C6. know if I do 24, but just... 24-hour subathon to get Ganyu to C6? I... It's going to be... Anyway, uh, so first off, if you are a sub, thank you for funding my um, Genshin addiction. Secondly, please uh, make sure you sync your Twitch with your Discord so that you can get access to the subtopics chat. And you can also put your take in there. It doesn't guarantee that you get on, but it does move a little slower, and we do try to pull some calls from there as well. So not a guarantee, but uh, it is kind of a cool way to help give back to you guys. Uh, and speaking of some subs, let me read those off since it'll buy Mark some extra time. Cal uh, Seether, thank you for the six months. Latigris, thank you for the 13. Bishop Olsen for a year and a half. Chavol. Uh Columbiano XP, six months. Uh, I love you, chat. Almost 50, 49 months. Papiar, uh, Aqua Rat, PJHH, uh, is that how I'm saying? Okay, is that who I think it is? Um, Mystery Merson, E Couch, and the Feta Cheese. Thank you, everybody, for your subs. And uh, uh, I'll go get a. I'll go get, get one of the callers. Mark is off to grab the first caller. Are you? You just you moved down to LA last year, right, Latigris? Yep, I moved down in September, so I've now been here a year and have barely actually seen la yeah well unfortunately it's not easy to go out too much these days but mm-hmm. hopefully you'll get to see more soon uh, that's how i want it though our first caller is here is it caper or capper caper caper where are you calling from uh los angeles los angeles okay another la we're all we're all here together uh what do you want to talk about on the show uh i think the community has been uh just way too toxic to players like blue I think he's received a lot of unwarranted hate just for being signed. I think he's showcased this weekend why we should try to be less judgmental and more supportive of new players coming to LCS. Um, I think criticism, criticisms are completely fine, but we should be able to 
differentiate criticism from toxicity? Uh, yeah, I think um, that somebody should have done a blame game about <laughs> nepotism and how much people should lean into nepotism and uh, and giving people a time to kind of prove themselves. I think that that would have been a, a good idea. Just kidding. That was the first one. If you guys want to go back and look at what Mark was saying about Blue. It was mostly about LS, right, Mark? But you, you talked a little bit about Blue, right? I, I used LS as the biggest example because it was the most public one. But I said right. the logic extends to all the other signings, the, yeah. all the other nepotistic signings, which was like Blue and Takoi as like people that under, un, un, end up under crosshairs, not just because like, oh, he was the 11th best mid in the LC, LEC, 11 best laning stats people love talking about, but uh, also because like the connections in the dig org. And so, yeah, all that stuff was like, well, why don't you just wait a month and then see? You, you cannot like, I think you can not like a signing and say why you think it's not going to work out and why you're suspicious and all this stuff. But it, it starts to take on like a more personal angle when people start working in the like, he only got that job because the Dignitas guy worked at wherever the hell before, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, coach in a, a previous team, I think, in yeah. the Turkish League. Uh so do you uh, you want to expand a little bit at all on your on that caller, or do you want to just us to roll in on it? Um, I mean, yeah, just a little. I've noticed a lot on Reddit ever since the signing. A lot of people have just been saying Blue doesn't deserve it. There's so many people who deserve it, and they've been mainly focusing on Blue's lack of skill, um, almost flaming Blue like he shouldn't have accepted the job. You know, like it's his fault or something. Yeah. And I, I think they just should have waited and uh, given him a chance. Well, first off, if people are interested in Blue, I saw uh, Peter on his stream this weekend was talking about how he thought that uh, people, he's like, I really think that there should be some sort of story told about him. So I did an interview with him actually at the end of last year um, talking about his his time in the LEC, the issues that he felt he had that held him back and like why, why he had really big goals for the LCS and how he ended up joining the team. Um, and so I hope people can go find the time to, to take a look at it. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, I always think it's really weird when people have such strong opinions so quickly, especially about a player going to like a bottom tier team. I think, you know, it's, it's odd to me that blue gets so much criticism on dig when people are like really hyped and praising the TSM signings, for instance. Um, because I think maybe you could say, well, blue had this year in LEC and he didn't look that good during his time there. And so like these, these other two players are like less known quantities or whatever. But I do wonder if like Shenha, Shenha, oh God, Shenha, you made fun of me for doing it. It finally happened. Um, K let's go with Kado, Kado. Is that how you say, pronounce Kado? I believe so. Okay. I was told that it was, and this was from someone else on the broadcast team, but I don't think it's been official yet. It's like KI Duo. KI Duo? Okay. Yeah. We're going to figure that out. These are the names I will say and repeat probably yeah. 50 oh, times or so no, before I ever yes. have to say it. <laughs> you know what was, it was, I was talking to Raz about it, I think, and it's an ice cream brand in China, um, but no one knows that. And so I was like, oh shit, I'm gonna call him Bing Chilling because that John Cena video that's going around. And then I was told not to do that, so I'm not going to. But I'm pretty sure KI Duo is a Chinese ice cream brand. I could be wrong, but I remember calling KD. I like KD. KD's pretty good. KD is pretty good. Uh, okay. 
uh, I just I wonder what would have happened if KD or I don't know any any player like that would ended up on Dignitas instead. I think sometimes there's a big push to like harp on players ahead of time without us really seeing them in the league. And I think on one of these bottom tier teams, it's also like, sure, get, be more experimental, try different stuff. You know, uh, I think Mark in your blame game video, you you were like, yeah, I will be very critical if this doesn't work out, but I will also be you know you're you're actually giving them a chance to kind of see how this stuff works which i think i think is smart i don't know tigers or uh mark if either of you guys want to chime in here yeah i just feel like sometimes it's that exaggerated level of the negativity that tends to snowball because there's a difference between wanting to have a passionate take based on what you believe the outcome to be hey, I didn't like what I saw from this player last year. I like this team. You know, I am passionate about, like, I don't think this is the right choice and the ability to kind of make those hot takes. But it is another one. It kind of just feels like everyone piling on for the sake of the enjoyment of piling on. And I just remember thinking with Blue specifically after, well, and watching your interviewer, he talks about his experience and how he's had to, you know, learn mentally and he's used to getting flame and maybe that's helped him grow in a way, but because of some of the difficulties and challenges he faced when he was on his team last year. And then he comes in, I thought, oh God, this this kid can't catch a break. He was going through difficulties on the team there. Then he hurts his freaking fingernail as soon as he gets here before the first game. Always feels like he's got something else going on that he has to fight through. So, I mean, for me, it's props to him for being able to do that and prove everyone wrong by having these explosive moments off the bat because if he didn't have those explosive moments then it would be hard for people to change their opinion even if he performed okay right but then you get this hey this really exciting thing that happened with the baron steel and now we're gonna forget about some of our other brash opinions so i think there's just also a tendency for some to want to lean into and kind of snowball those emotional takes in a way that cannot always be constructive um, yeah, I, uh, I think it's, it's a very fair point. Um, and I'm curious to see if people will like learn from this or if they will just have the same reaction again in the future. I, I think I have an idea. Mark, uh, anything that you didn't already mention in your blame game about this stuff? Um, not really. I think, uh, like I put out a tweet with a clown emoji, like taking someone's Reddit comment that was slamming him after a loss on Friday, I think it was, and then you know on Saturday they go ahead and beat them. Um, I don't know. I feel like it's gonna oscillate too. You know, like yeah, he looked great here. They took down hundred thieves. It's a really good feel good moment. Like Gabby said, it's like an opportunity to start reversing this narrative. But whenever there's a person who's controversial in the community, like blue's gonna lose some games in the regular season and those people are gonna be like look at everyone who overreacted at the hundred thieves thing like he was actually fucking good and like <laughs> honestly he's probably gonna be my take is like he's gonna be like the sixth or seventh best mid maybe fifth through seventh is what i'd say most likely he's gonna have some good games and some bad games and every single time the other people are gonna come out of the woodwork and act like the other group is a fucking idiot and i'm gonna ride the line on both sides and just enjoy it let, let me extend the take a little bit further, Mark, too. So Bottle in the chat, I think that's how you pronounce it, says, I don't know, man. Blue didn't get much of anything done in Diggs' win. He's fine, but definitely not worth an import slot IMO. One, did he not get much of anything done in Diggs' win? And two, uh, well, I want to follow up with the import slot stuff in a second, but let's start with that. 
Uh, game one, I think you could make that, that argument that like it felt like it was decided more by River and Neo. Even the, the ganks mid, Abba and him both died like three times in laning phase through ganks. Maybe it was two, two or three times. Um, and then in team fights again, it was mostly Neo popping off and stuff. But in the second game, he actually did a lot of work on Zoe. He was actually his Zoe's been really good both times he's played it. So uh, I think he he out one of slight spoiler for the blame game i actually said you could argue he gapped uh but that series can i uh, add something yeah go for, go it. for it uh i read in an interview i believe it was that he only got here i think like less than a week or, or two ago um and he basically said that he has been taking up the leadership slash shot, shot calling role so if that's true i think that um it is a huge advantage um on their win if yeah. that's the case that's no, true. I I think the the last thing I wanted to extend this to also was the idea of like he's not worth an import slot. And I feel like in the off season now you start hearing a lot of stuff like that about like is this person worth an import slot or you're wasting your import slot on this person. Obviously that was a thing back whenever um Ryoma came over and I, I think we've heard that phrase a lot is like using an import slot on a player who people don't perceive to be top tier is bad um i on my end i think it's really difficult because if you are a team like dig and you're going lower budget it's like maybe it's i I don't think people generally feel as though na's mid pool is endless uh with talent and so maybe bringing somebody over from another region who doesn't have a chance to play in lec again Maybe, you know, he didn't get any offers or something like that. You probably can get this player who might be better than a lot of the NA mid-talent um, and also not have to spend a ton like you would on perhaps other mid-import players. So I I feel like there's a very good chance that, like, one, even if your philosophy is every import should be extra scrutinized because are they worth that import slot where there's limited... I don't even know if I agree with that philosophy. I think it's kind of a weird philosophy in some ways. But in an, and secondly, you know, even in that world, it might, he might be just from a value perspective whenever you compare him um, and his salary to other players. We don't know what he's getting paid, obviously, but one would assume dig more budget-oriented uh, player perhaps didn't have as many options in, in other major regions, so probably was able to get come in at a lower rate. Uh, yeah. I don't know if we have any other thoughts on this before we move on, but we we have a couple other takes on the hundred thieves versus dig stuff uh, and, and dig stuff. So like we don't need to go too much harder. Okay, sounds good. Hey, uh, Caper, thank you so much for the call. Anything you want to shout out before we move? Yeah, on? I just want to shout out Team Liquid for purchasing uh, Limit from WoW for the next Race to World First coming up. You guys should check that out. If Li you Liquid are. Guild. I will say one thing that is is funny on this is I've noticed a trend, for those that don't know, so Team Liquid picked up a uh, WoW, well, I should say MMO Guild is the way they, they branded it. I don't know if that's because of recent events or not, but an MMO Guild called Limit, they made it Liquid Guild, and then the the person who, the guild leader, is now a co-owner in Team Liquid. And I feel like 100T started this trend of just giving people equity as part of their coming on, and then referring to them as co-owners. So I would like to officially announce that due to my retirement portfolio, I am a co-owner in Microsoft, Adobe, 
Amazon. Uh, I'm a co-owner in many major companies as well. Thank you, Caper, for the call, and we'll catch you next time. Thank you. My There's random... no way that misfires like it did that one time that that one guy who had co-owner of an org in his bio. Oh, what yes. was the, what was the controversy with him? It was like the, he last... was making fun of a a team. He had some sort of equity. He was like a graphics guy, and he was making fun of a player on one of the LEC teams. I think. Uh, he was, he was like a streamer, though. You know, he was he wasn't just a graphics guy. There was someone who said like part owner. We might be thinking of different events. Yeah, I th I thought it was the Mad Lions thing where it was like a a graphics guy or something like that. Was he a graphics some, guy? Maybe he worked at like an agency that had done some graphics works. Okay, some people are saying he's a big streamer. So, I maybe I misinterpreted the situation, but yeah, I just think it's very. I don't know. I don't. I'm not a huge fan of the trend of just referencing everybody as co-owners. Um, whenever they're getting like, Gabby is now co-owner of TGI. I am co-owner. Anyone who comes mm -hmm. on air here is co-owner of TGI. So congratulations. But as either way, a subscriber to both of your channels, am I co-owner now of it all? Possibly. Uh, I need to check my sub count, but you can say you own X percent equity for like how many subs I have. To be clear, one, one over whatever. Having a sub to my channel does not get you equity in Travis Gafford Industries. It okay, does, folks. You're you're partially if you. Your name is Gabby. I I think everyone you can put co-owner of TGI Industries in your your Twitter bios if you. TGI, sub. yeah, you Hi, can everybody. put TGI Industries in your title. Travis Gafford Industries <laughs> Industries, you can be a title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're not sorry. We're not giving out equity that? to anyone what, right now. Mods cannot get equity. No one's getting equity. Let's move on to the next caller. Nothing's gonna happen. What's Travis gonna do? Get legal out? That's too expensive for him. He's a cheapskate. That's true. Send you an angry uh, DM. Uh, Bowsican, thank you uh, for the sub. Anders gifted a sub, and Flares and Sally's are. Thank you everybody for the subs. Just a reminder: none of you are co-owners based off your sub. Congratulations on your newfound investments. I uh, hope that it treats you well. It yeah. is quite a good one. I I really I should just start pinning like co-owner of Microsoft and all these things that I'm invested in with my toe. Nint co-owner yeah, Nintendo. Look at my stocks and I'm just going to list them all, but TGI is going to be right there at the top. I own some Nintendo stock. Um, Sully is here. Sully, where are you calling from? I'm calling uh, from Toronto, Canada again. Toronto, Canada again. Welcome yeah. back to the show. We're, 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 there's still snow everywhere. We still have like six feet of snow outside. It's great. But now it's like frozen with ice. Jesus. And were I'm you on like, last episode? I've only ever been there middle of winter and it just gets so cold. Were yeah, you on last episode? Uh, fun. I was. I was the average LCS fan with the tape right. right at the oh! end. And you mentioned the one that Gyoto popped off on the... Um, was your name Sully? Then you changed your, your, Discord? your Discord name. No, no. It was still Sully. Yeah. Huh. I don't know why. Go I back remember. and check the bot if you want. You're banned. Get out of here. Oh. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, 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 you're good. Um, I'm trolling. I'm trolling. Okay. I, 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 okay, okay. Um, so, my, my, uh, yeah, last week I came in with them. I asked them to sell me on the LCS broadcast because I hadn't had time to watch it in about a year since like the last lock in tournament. Uh, and then they kind of sold me the other way and basically told me not to watch it. Okay. Uh, because we're all snowed Would you in say they? That was mostly me and Gyoto. No. I don't think either of us it told was... you not to watch it. We gave you reasons to watch no. it, and then we were frustrated that they we had, like, we felt like the broadcast was not Mark, how could you let this happen? <laughs> no, no, this was a positive call, Sully. What do you stop inting? 
It was it was a positive call. I would say it was overall positive. But anyway, no, Mark trying to recover call. his that, job. This one's this a positive one's, call. At this the end of last week, the show. The show. I came back because I actually watched the broadcast, and I actually disagree with the takes that were given to me last week about why the broadcast was bad. Um, okay, hang on, hang on. And so like, I let's take several steps back. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Um, let's take several steps back. So one. For those that did not listen last week, at the end of the show, Sully called in and said, I've not watched the LCS in a long time, and I don't feel like I have any reasons to watch Lock-In. And then Gyoto, who was on, Andre, the coach for Team Liquid, listed many reasons and said it's about these smaller stories, and then he expressed frustration that those stories were not being told in the way he wanted them to be on broadcast. Mark, during this time, slowly sunk lower and lower into his chair <laughs> because his days are already getting cut and he cannot afford to pay his rent if they get cut <laughs> even more. Uh, and so I don't think... potentially, but... So I don't think that we were trying to convince you not to watch it. I think we were trying to give you... If your takeaway was, I should not watch it based off what Andre and I were telling you, I think that's the wrong take. I think we were saying it was frustrating that we felt we had to give you these reasons because we felt like the broadcast had not done a great job of conveying them. So please, Sully. That's that's an accurate summary. I okay. was just oversimplifying. So you feel Thank like you so you feel like our reasons for why you should watch it were wrong? I feel like I feel well, Gilto's reasons why I should watch it were were right. But the reasons afterwards about like, you know, how it's not engaging enough or how like the average LCS player like maybe would be hard to like step into it because there's not enough content about the new players and stuff. I really felt like that wasn't true when I watched the LCS broadcast. I thought like uh I thought the the desk, like the analyst desk was like super engaging and like interesting for somebody who hadn't watched an LCS broadcast in like over a year. Um it was really great. Uh especially a day with Mark Z. I thought that was the best day, even though like the, Okay, what did Mark like, pay the... you to come back on the show? <laughs> he did this Please. whole thing <laughs> Mark did None this whole bit at the him. beginning where he's like, oh, was your name Sully? I didn't even know who you were. Oh, Dude, I forgot who even you were. His, uh, of, nothing that has left his mouth yet has anything to do with why I pulled him. Okay, okay. Sorry, yes, continue. No, it's not. Oh, um, yeah, so I just really felt like it was really engaging. I really loved the Latigris and Mark Z cast. That was awesome. And like the follow-up on the broadcast the day after where they like came in and congratulated Latigris. That was like... That was really cool. That, that really want, made me want to watch more LCS, like stuff like oh. that. So like things like that that were happening and just like the overall atmosphere of it was really cool. I would say though, like there were some cons that I noticed if I, if I want to be completely fair. Um, there, there wasn't very much disagreement or riskiness with takes from anybody on the analyst desk. Like almost everybody agreed on everything. Um, you know, there's this really positive atmosphere, which was nice, you know, and it made it really engaging, but also like they never really disagreed about anything except for the day that Mark Z was there, which was the best day on the analyst desk because there was more interesting discussion about like what was going on. I mean, it was also the last day of the week, so there was more to talk about, I guess, about like, you know, Dignitas's games and things. Um, but yeah, anyway, I just wanted to say that, but I, Mark also wanted me to talk about, uh, Mark wanted I, I have you a to. take of Sully is. <laughs> I don't know if he's meaning to do this. If he's actually like, he had a second take that was about Dignitas as well. So I thought he was just yeah, going to say, I'm he, getting to that right now. Okay, yeah, go for it. Let's get through this. Like, Mark wanted me to talk about Dig. You wanted to talk about no. Dig. And I said, if we have time, depending on how long the first part takes, we can talk oh. about Dig. Okay. So should I talk about Dig now then? You have my permission. Okay. 
Thank you very much. Um, so I think the reason, I mean, did, I, I've, I haven't watched much CLCS in a year, but I think the reason that Dignitas won is because they allowed, um, they allowed uh, Closer to pick Viego. And the reason I think that is because in both of those games, when Closer picked Viego, he, he basically ignored the bot lane and just farmed till six. Um, which I understand, right? If you're playing Viego and Closer really, like, he's a great jungler. I really think that outplayed um, 100 Thieves. But I think because in draft, Jarvan went to Dignitas and Closer picked Viego, um, it just the way that the play, the play went, their one, their one strategy that we know always works with 100 Thieves, or at least from my brief experience, um, of playing through bot lane, he didn't do that. And then Dignitas built on that and then built things to shut down the bottom lane and into their draft. Um, and so it just really felt like the first game was more kind of, they were feeling it out. And then the second game they applied it and it just like, I saw Viego in the second thing and I was like, well, I guess it's over. Um, Cause that's exactly what they did the first time. That's, that's, that's my humble take on that. But anyway, the broadcast really great. If you want to comment on the Dignitas take, sure. But, so you yeah. you to be clear, you blame Closer entirely for Dignitas's. I win. I think Closer's that they baited him into picking Viego. You, you were one of the people on, their game plan. on Reddit who said that uh, Closer got gapped this series. I saw I saw there's a couple a couple. No, of I Reddit. don't think that he played worse. I don't think that anybody on Hundred Thieves got gapped. I think okay. that the play the play style of Viego and the play style that Hundred Thieves is successful on are contradictory. And Dignitas used that to their advantage. Oh, okay. So they just went for a play style they're not comfortable with. Yeah. Okay. All it which I mean uh, makes sense if you're playing a, a, what is considered like maybe one of the worst teams in lock-in before they had their full roster, right? That you want to try something out, but then it didn't work at all. Um. Well, let's handle the the dig yeah. closer stuff since we're on that right now, and then. And well, then I was we gonna can... say uh, I saw Gabby looking like she was wanted to say something when I was looking at the cams. I don't know if if you want to start it off. Oh, uh, yeah, thank, thank, I'm glad you enjoyed the broadcast. You said a lot of very nice things uh, up here on the dig and closer point. One, have you seen the gif of closer with the, the crown and the how good he is on the Viego in times of past? Um, yeah, no, I, I don't disagree that he's good on Viego. He's very good on Viego. I think, yeah, so I think he's a very strong Viego where no team would really feel comfortable just giving the Viego. I would more think on the side of how you mentioned, oh, the J4 going for River and how he performed on that pick. The most impressive thing for Dig, I think, was the fact that River came in in such a short amount of time and it felt like they were very coordinated in their play. And they had him on a pick like J4 that does have, hey, here's my clear go button. It's going to be very in line with them wanting to follow what he wants to do. And I think that's more of a strength if we're talking about like the jungle matchup there. I would more lean towards what like River was doing well and what Dig was doing to play around that to make sure that they could execute in the way that they could as opposed to closer not being a, a threat on the Viego because dude's a monster on Viego if you look at a lot of his past play but what if closer had J4 would those games have gone differently like you just think to the other game that weekend where he was playing J4 against Cloud9 right the opposite happened where he just ganked bot lane repeatedly and they smashed them uh, I mean I don't think so my two cents is that the, the Viego wasn't really the problem I think I, I agree in some sense about game one I think you could say that I mean some of the terminology you don't agree with but like the idea that they got baited into taking it over 
what I thought they should take in Lux. And then they had to take Lulu later because the Lux got banned and that decreased their pushing potential a, a lot and hurt the bot lane. That was more of an issue I had around like the bot lane draft and just because they took Viego, uh, they couldn't really contest the wave and FBI was just perma shoved in and Dig could stack dragons and a bunch of stuff happened that game. Um, but Viego, or not Viego, Closer actually played game one really well. And in the in the the blame game that I did about this, you'll see me talk about how much they traded blows back and forth. And I felt like more than anything, 100 Thieves vision control and warding just sucks. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not good they like river absolutely clowned on them with vision control over and over again um in terms of like paths that he took over walls not going over walls hugging them so that that things that they thought had vision didn't he did that like three or four times as well as like fake them out like he would clear one thing he did was so gigabrain he put his ward behind him for a safe eq out while clearing a pink ward which is something you often do on Jarvan. You throw your, your flag behind you so you can just queue as soon as you finish it and, and get out of there. So he clears a ward. There's a little bit of lingering vision. He plays, he, he queues backwards uh, as the lingering vision dies. So Abba thinks that he just cleared this ward and he's leaving. And then he just runs straight back mid and ganks Abadaga, who was like, oh, he's not clearing this. Um, so I thought all that was really good. And then in the second game, they actually fucked him up when he tried to do this again. Um, he, they didn't invade. He swept out one of the wards, didn't know there was a ward on Raptors. So after he finishes off Raptors, he tries to wrap back around through bot lane. And they see him do that. So Closer takes his blue buff and three buffs him. And then it's a map split situation. But because they have pressure with the Caitlyn, they push him out of the jungle. And then Closer comes down. And after the dive, they get punished for it and kill him. And like, that was a really great play. But then they just fucking fought over Rift Herald against, like, with no Gnarlts, no Flash. Uh, Renekton's level 6, Caitlyn's on a bad buy because she was playing defense this game like there were a lot of things that went really wrong I don't think the Viego pick had anything to do with it I think, I think 100 Thieves vision control sucks and a lot of their calls are bad um, that's, that's my take I don't know but why with a fat ass Gwen against a full armor Gragas your, your Gwen is A ramming for 5 minutes when you have a 3 item Gwen versus a 2.5 item Gragas and it's all armor like, those calls are so bad. It doesn't, like, I don't blame Viego at all or Closer at all. He actually played really good. And that's what was my takeaway in the blame game was I don't think Closer got gapped at all this series. Um, and you're not just Neo saying was, that because was, Closer's in the chat right now. I'm, I'm, you can watch the entire VOD of my VOD review where I didn't have a single bad thing to really say about Closer as well as the blame game where I, I it's coming out. It's already recorded. But Closer, I thought, Closer says, can't wait to play against Giga Brain River again. I don't know if he's done the VOD review yet, man, but I'm telling you, River did some cool things. He did some smart shit. He killed your mid lane three times. What happened? I guess he forced Flash once, then killed twice. That's what it was. He did some good shit. Have you ever a seen... A lot of people a said it was impressive. I mean, Cord J was tweeting about it, too. Like, I think it was just a nice opportunity for him to shine through in a lot of, like, that macro like Mark's talking about, which... Here's what I will say. To everybody getting excited about Dignitas, this has been, like, the entire time... I need to look back and see if they did it this last year, too. But, like, I would say in almost every year that Dignitas has competed in the LCS, they always have a great start. Everybody's like, wow, Dig is really good. They, like, take some really unexpected wins against top teams. At some point in time, they're always, like, up in the top three. And everybody's like, oh, my God, they're going... 
Like Dignitas is a real contender, and then suddenly they go on like a eight game loss streak or something. So um, I, it's a, a decade of doing this stuff. Don't get excited. I mean, even Here's looking. Okay, okay. No, no, you, you take it, you take it. Well, I was just thinking, it's so funny watching it play out because even if you look at last year and the way that they ebbed and flowed, you know, they bring in Dardock, everyone is unified under the Dardock vision. And it was all about, hey, you've got these young players that are willing to listen to him and grow with him and follow his call. And they had like a good streak from there. And then eventually things fell apart a little bit. And then, you know, there's chaos from that where they had some of the roster flipping. And then we saw like, you know, Neo and Fake God have moments where they didn't get to look as strong as they had in other points in time. And then now we see again, they get this jungler who uh, knows how to facilitate and he's coming in and has some clear plays and then seeing how everyone can play around that, like fake God having a bit more, you know, that confidence that we've seen in him in times past to like impact the team fights and stuff. And, uh, you know, jungler on the same pick both times. Let's see what they can do if they like diversify style and stuff. So yeah, there's that opportunity for things to ebb and flow. And I think that's just something we're going to be in for the team. They're not going to look like that every single series, every single game. And it is about like, well, how do they capitalize upon the, those strengths that they're finding in the honeymoon phase when they kind of bring in these voices and try and bring that strength into the later portions of the season? I would love to Here's... be proven wrong, but this team will collapse in the next like three or four months. And then everyone will uh, talk about how bad it is. I suck. feel like what's going to happen is Dig is going to get rolled in the finals. Or the, the semifinal, excuse me. I was and like, damn, they're making finals. No, that was a misspoke. Uh, they're going to get rolled in the semis. People are going to think that means that 100 Thieves suck. 100 Thieves are going to improve. They're going to be in the hunt for like the, the title again and stuff. And Dig's going to be bottom half of the league. And that's what's going to happen. Uh, people should go back. We would stop, but yeah, like I don't think they're going to go through and smash through the rest of this racket, you know? People should go back and look at the interview I did with Huhi where he was basically saying like, yeah, you know, we've had a hard time. Like he listed a bunch of reasons why he felt like their head kind of wasn't in the game. This was after week one. And he was like, but I think we're good now. And I actually wonder if perhaps they were not good now. And like they are continuing to just not be where they need to be from like a, a mental perspective or whatever. I don't know. I need, I actually need to go back and look at that interview because it was from, I don't know, 10 or or. 12 days ago um but it's it's interesting how if you look at that now after the dignitas stuff i i think it's probably going to raise some questions about what's going on within the team uh all right really quickly sully on the broadcast note um i know we're kind of all over the place with this call but sully had at the beginning of this call a take about how the broadcast this weekend he watched it he thought it was pretty good can you can you tell me sully any segments that you really liked because i was hopping back and forth between the co-stream and or between co-streams and the main broadcast this weekend and i continue to kind of feel frustrated that i feel like they haven't really told any of the the great stories or they're not harping as much on the stories this this week so what what did you like so i can go find those if i haven't seen them yet so uh i really liked the well, first of all, I really like the community engagement part that they do, where they like, the try to engage with the community with like quotes from players, quotes from past interviews, quotes from like people on Twitter to like what people are thinking about the game and then like react to it. I thought that was really interesting because um, then it feels like there's a sort of community engagement between the broadcast and generally what league fans are thinking about what's going on. Um, so I think that was that was a really cool segment that they do right off the top because that kept me engaged right from the beginning. 
And and on the second part that you mentioned, I think it was really cool that there was like continuity between the broadcast days where like something that was discussed the day before would be like, it's like it was like the analysts had gone home, like reflected on what they had said the day before and came back and like added something. So like if you if you watched the broadcast the day before and came back, it was like the conversation was still ongoing. Like the talk about Dignitas beating 100 Thieves continued the next day at the, at the start of the broadcast because that's all everybody wanted to talk about, right? It was so surprising um, and interesting. And uh, I think, uh, I think too, like I, I definitely didn't really get like the, the point of lock-in, but like something like 100 Thieves and Dignitas really like proves what it is because 100 Thieves, like I don't think it was so much the story of like, Dignitas like super outperforming 100 Thieves. I think they both played well, but I think 100 Thieves had these really like exploitable weaknesses that good play can make use of. Um, and like they lock in and expose that, which means that 100 Thieves will be better during the season because of the lock in tournament, theoretically, right? That's what's supposed to happen as they're supposed to grow from that, which I don't think anybody thought was going to happen with 100 Thieves. Kevin was like, oh, they're so good. They have all this synergy right off the bat. Um, and then that was, that was stuff they mentioned on the broadcast. So I thought like overall it was just like a really good like sum total of just engaging with the community and like the broadcast felt like it was a continuous like it was continually engaging though all the way through so yeah i was really i was really you know pleasantly surprised and impressed by what they were doing well high praise for the broadcast uh glad glad to hear you enjoyed it sully i will say one there were two parts on friday that i thought were really good um both times was when they were airing clips of Hotline League. I thought th those were incredible. I <laughs> um, thought that was fantastic. Uh, Sully, thanks so much for calling in. Anything you want to shout out before we take a quick break? Uh, sure. I hope they do more the Tigers Mark Z cast because that was uh, really entertaining. Um, I'm, I'm really not chilling for, for Mark Z. I thought it was really good. Um, and I really liked that day of the, of the broadcast. So, yeah, shout out to Mark Z for you know, being a good analyst. I hope he gets more time on the broadcast. Very good. Well, That's thank it. you again for the call, and we'll catch you next time. Uh, all right. We are ready uh, for a quick break to talk about Alienware. Um, we love Alienware so much. I am now using, I think I mentioned this last week, but I'm now using the new R13. Let me just read off the specs on this really quickly for the, for the folks that are into specs on computers. Uh, this has... This has a 12th gen Intel Core i9-12900KF processor, 128 gigs of RAM, uh, a 3090 uh, NVIDIA card, and a two terabyte NVMe SSD, uh, which has been just a joy and a pleasure to have uh, in this machine. And I really appreciate Alienware hooking me up with such an awesome rig. People in the chat are going crazy. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, part of it is I like to have the 3090 because I have their 55-inch gaming monitor, 4K gaming monitor, and having the 3090 to power it has been fantastic. But anyway, all these pro these products, if you like what you're hearing, if you think that sounds like a great rig, guess what? You can get your own. And by the way, maybe you need less RAM because maybe you're doing less video editing or you're less extra. Um, or maybe you want to do high refresh uh 1080p gaming, that's probably not a thing where you maybe necessarily need a 3090. Uh, so please head over to Alienware.com slash Travis and check them out. Uh, they're fantastic products. We love to see everything um, that they are coming out with. 
and they've got some cool stuff that they announced at CES. I've talked about it a little bit in the previous episodes, but if you guys want to go take a search for it, you can learn about their products. And again, thank you so much to Alienware for sponsoring everything we do here at Travis Gafford Industries. It's fantastic to have them as a partner. And uh, if you're watching on YouTube, please click the link in the description. Heading over to uh, their stuff is great for us. Thank you again to Alienware for sponsoring the show. All right. Uh, Mark is off grabbing the next caller. Thank you to... Where were we? Where were we? Cherry Lace. Uh, wow, Cherry, you've been sub for a long time. Uh, Lift a Manjaro for a whole year. Uh, Einscrub Vaults, Taco Bowls, I Am Elvis, and uh, Cyber Ghost, I think is how you say it. Cyber, is that how you say it? There's an X there. Sometimes it's just one of the fun games I like to play on the show is can I pronounce everything correctly? Ender is in the chat. Hello, Ender. Ender says they haven't invited me. Are you talking about, <laughs> oh, you're talking about the broadcast, not Hotline League, right? Is that what you're talking about? Because I feel like we've invited you on Hotline League. Um, yeah, yeah. You guys are all now also co-owners in Dell. It's a great. It's that's how it works. Man, my portfolio expanded so large. Today yes. Just, just by engaging in this content, like you know. Mark has pulled adult. two people onto the show. Is Ooh, this loudy. another battle? I'm crazy. No, it's not a battle. Yeah. It's a. It's a funeral service for Chemtech Dragon. Okay, okay. Oh, rest in peps. Uh, big Angry Hobo, first off, let's start with you. Where are you calling from? Uh, Akron, Ohio. Akron, Ohio. Oh, I used to go there sometimes. Really? And it was also cold, yeah. Uh, yeah. It often had speech tournaments when I competed in college, so I would have to go there once again in the winter. Yeah, we just got 18 inches of snow, and uh, I've just kind of stayed inside a lot. No one Good should choice. ever have to go to Ohio in the winter. Uh, Mogul is here as well. Mogul, where are you calling from? Uh, Dallas, Texas. Dallas, Texas. Oh, and I used to live by there. All these people are from places that are. Where is this? Where we learned that Latigris has just uh, moved around. The I US. did live. I've lived in. I went to three different middle schools. Over ten places by the time I graduated high school. Uh, so yeah, there's a high likely chance. How yeah. many states have you lived in? Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, two countries, and I think seven states, and then a lot of different cities and stuff in Florida, and like almost every city in Broward County, Florida. Jesus. Okay, well, we're going to dive into that another day. Uh, let's, <laughs> let's start off. So, so Mark, how do you want to, or is there, is there an overall topic or do I ask both of them uh, their take? Well, so I'll, I guess we should start with Mog Hall because he has a, he was just talking about Chemtech Dragon and Big Angry Homo had a little bit more about preseason as a whole. So I guess maybe start, start with Mog Hall. I think Hall. it's Mogul, right? M Mog Hall. Mog Hall. It's Mogul. It's Mogul. Mogul. Mog Thank Hall you. To me. Yes. That's what I thought. Uh, Mogul, what is your take? Um... Essentially, fuck Chemcheck Drink and fuck Chemcheck Rift specifically. Okay. That 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 Rift. Oh my god! It has caused me so much anxiety as a support player. Not only because I get blamed out of the wazoo because everyone's like, buy more, buy more control words, buy more. I can't cover every fucking Rift. Like I can't cover the entire fucking Rift in control words. So. Uh, that I support rift the, the word I don't so know. Infuriating me. <laughs> You're going to cost me so much money when this video gets demonetized. Uh, okay. 
Uh, the most expensive call I've ever had. Uh, it's fine. I, I demonetize it myself usually. I'm yeah, sure. great. Thank you. Anyway, uh, big angry. Please sub everybody. Uh, big angry hobo. Uh, what do you want to talk about? So I I can like agree with the sentiment. I think Chemtech Drake was a mistake overall. I think everything about it was just kind of unbalanced and not very fun. But with it being removed, I just think this is the worst preseason League of Legends has ever had. Because now we got one Drake, which is a whatever. It's kind of cool. You get just a slow. And then you have objective bounties, which are trash. I hate objective bounties. I still haven't come around to them. It's just, it's basically if you're losing, it's just, oh, get some, get a turret or like win a half a team fight or a split pusher gets three towers. And then like now you're not losing anymore. And it's not as like, there's no, uh, I don't think that's balanced either. And then you got like two and a half new items and they changed a rune. Like this is the the least changed preseason. There's like almost nothing to it. I feel like the excitement of all oh, these new changes that are going to come, especially. Are you okay? Yeah, keep going. Sorry. <laughs> especially he, he as a just jungle makes those main, noises sometimes. You just have to keep powering through. Uh, especially as a jungle main where I had to learn my role like every other year in the past. Like it just feels so weird where like it's still all the same. Nothing really changed. They added a Drake that was so bad they had to remove it like right when the season started. I just think this preseason was really, really bad, and I think they focused too much on their other stuff that they were trying to throw out, like Wild Rift, Arcane, and all these other things. Now, granted, those were great, but I feel like the game itself got left behind to push all those other uh, the other stuff that Riot was doing. Well, to be but clear... curiosity... No, no, <laughs> Travis, you, before you say that, I fully agree that the people who designed Chemtech Rift, they were too busy animating arcane to get the designers yes from, from I, I, I get the joke that i know they're not the same people i'm saying rides marketing and like they put it feels like they put more money into the other stuff i mean it's that's not really Gabby, what were you gonna say yeah that's not really how it works go ahead gabby did uh it did you like having to relearn jungle every year i'm just personally curious. yeah i thought that was really fun like because it, like it changed it up it, so for back in the back in like seasons three and four the there weren't even like jungle items or whatever i mean there were jungle items but then you would buy the when there was the the claw and all those other ones those were really mm -hmm. cool and like it was it was fun that they would like oh now those are being removed and you can buy like these jungle items oh now now the the different camps give you different buffs and stuff like i i, I thought that stuff was really cool because it kept I, that's probably why I played so long because what I did kept changing and it kept me engaged. I, I I kept enjoying it and so stuff like that I think is really cool. And now that it's the exact same game for the third year in a row, I'm I'm just starting to get bored. I mean, not, not gonna game? lie, when the announcement came out, I was like, you know, danced on the grave a little bit of Chemtech, and then was like, <laughs> oh man, does that mean our preseason really is just one new Drake and a new a uh, few items? Like I I did have that thought. You know, after like, oh well, I guess it's too late to add anything else. So, Mogul, what yeah. did you? What do you think of this this uh, preseason patch? Besides the Chemtech frustrations, which I know you fucking hate. I miss <laughs> Mogul. Cut out for me. Uh, um. Well, essentially, like in ter in terms of like the preseason in general, it, it's weird because. Honestly, the, the amount of change that the game is going through isn't, like, the engagement part I completely agree with, but at the same time, like, as a casual league player, I enjoyed having, like, a, just call a solid couple of years where the meta has been stable so I could actually improve my play. 
because I don't play that much, honestly. And the more time that it kind of stays the same, the better I can get. So, honestly, I didn't mind the pre-season changes not being that bad. I just hated the rift changes. Honestly, the Drake wasn't even that bad, or the Soul wasn't even that bad, because if you lose Soul, if you, if, you, if you get to the point where you're losing Soul, you deserve to lose the game, in my opinion. But the rift itself was just so bad. Um, I'll chime in and say I think the the team has to balance between the casual players like yourself, Moggle, who just chime in every now and then, and people who grind it and want new things to do. And I always feel like it's it's probably a little better to lean on your hardcore player base as the ones you're going to be more engaged, you're going to be more vocal, and all these things. Um, and now you're down to one in every five games, feeling a little different instead of one out of every three with two new dragons out of six. You know. So that combined with the items and only objective bounties, it is really low. But I have to say, the like identity of Chem Drake on a design level was a f- bit of a fucking disaster, anyways. Like, there's no cohesion between the rifts at all. Like what it did, you know, like you get cut down stacking stuff for killing the dragon which isn't helpful for tanks and only helps in certain, like, very limited situations. And then you get Smog on the Rift, which camouflages you. I don't know what that has to do with cutting down. I guess Assassin's killing stuff quickly, maybe. But then you get Zombie Form, which, again, I don't really understand how this ties into cutting down. There's no thematic through line with anything with Chemtech Dragon other than, like, green mm-hmm. shit or something. I don't, I don't know. Whereas, like, Hextech Dragon, you could argue it's all about speeding up or slowing down. So you get a faster attack speed. You get... Uh, ability haste. You get to move around the map faster with the hex gates. You get to slow your opponent down. Like the 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 idea behind Chem Tech Dragon just sucked from the ground up. Like none of it made any sense thematically. I hated it. A little yeah. bit of a get fuck scrub if your comp didn't like it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and there's always ones that comps are going to prefer, you know. But like. I just mean on a thematic design level, I don't really understand what's going forward. It's like Infernal Dragons, damage. You can argue the Rift is a little weird where it's just like an open hole, I guess, you know? And like Mountain is defense and Wind is speed and Ocean is healing. And I guess like the extra Rift stuff, like water makes more things grow, Mountain, like there's at least some theming there. But it's, it's all of them have like a little bit of disconnect in their theming but the the chemtrek one was just like nothing nothing connected in any way so i'm not surprised on top of the fact that it felt bad that they killed it because the camouflage part just also sucked to play mog mogul i I feel your pain hearing how raw that was i agree that i hated it with it with mogul though it's very bad so a couple of things i want to point out one uh chemtech drake is going to come back like it's they basically said that they are taking it offline while they figure out a way to like actually meet the goals that they had, which I guess one of the goals seemingly was not create something that everyone hates. Um, and so it's not as though like there will only be one Drake. I'm just curious to see how long it takes for them to like rejigger what stuff is going to be. It sounds like they're mostly, they, they feel as though the biggest issue with it were the, um, the map changes that people seem to have, have the biggest problems with. Uh, the second thing is like it's very interesting to me because I I think this also kind of points at and sparks at the conversation, especially Big Angry Hobo, about what you were saying with like oh there weren't enough changes. 
And it, it reminded me of, uh, it's a long time ago, it's like over four years ago now that this video came out, but Peter did a video essay a long time ago called The Problem with League, where he was talking about how quick, how much the, cha the game gets changed and how frequently it gets changed and the effects it has on pro play and all that stuff. Now, to be fair, I think he was talking more about it within like a two-week period, uh, but he even mentioned something like this during, I think today he tweeted something along the lines of that... He, under, or he was appreciative that they did this and also, yeah, props to Riot listening to the community pro scene and removing Chemtech Drake. I think they have the thankless task of trying to balance the game while keeping things fresh and new and they acted quick on this one. So I just think it's like this constant battle and balance on like how much can you change the game while not pushing people away from it? Because like, I think what Mogul, you were saying, like, I don't play a ton. You don't necessarily want there to be a bajillion changes all the time that keep you going. But Big Angry Hobo, it sounds like you would like the game to feel fresh and new very frequently. And you guys probably have different definitions of like what that looks like for both of you based on how much you play and how much you're paying attention and how much you want to like relearn stuff that has changed. So I think it's yeah, just to like... To follow up on that, it's, it's also pro is really fun. Like the preseason is really cool to like contemplate, oh, what is this going to do to pro play? Like this season it was like, oh, how's the teleport change going to change things? That's the Ooh. only thing I was interested in. Like... I uh, usually I'm really excited to see what pro is going to do, but it was like this season. Oh, teleport change. And there's a new item. Like that was the only thing I was excited for the teleport change. I forgot to say that was one of the changes. Uh, top lane sucks so bad now that a non-negligible portion of players are taking smite, Janna, roam top, and you don't even lane. Uh, I was watching Lorlo stream it. Freak told me that this is outdated data now, but at the time that it had been 7,500 games in gold plus and had a 55% win rate. So I had that uh, in my game earlier today. Yeah, so get ready for that to come to a pro game near you soon, I think. Is yeah. top lane really that bad now? Everyone hates top lane. <laughs> oh. Uh, Do you think is there a world where they revert the teleport stuff too? Uh I don't know. Maybe make it ten minutes? Who I don't know. Right, right, that's just speculation, but I guess that was my other side of it. it's just a pro play. Nothing changes, and I guess everyone hates that lane now too. Oh god. Um, yeah. It is hard to balance though, like how much you change to keep people engaged that are hardcore, and how much you keep the same for that consistency for the casual player. There's like some of my friends that I'm playing with now are people that are getting either back into league or starting league and trying to introduce it to them, and even going over the fundamentals, but then realizing, oh, there's been like a to change over time when you're trying to communicate that to new players but yeah i don't know Tough. yeah i think also like people who say it changes too much their reasons differ like double if reasons that the game changes too much is not preseason related yeah. it's like mid-season when they have the big mid-season patch it's before worlds it's during playoffs they'll just like change a meta you know that was for the a pro big thing about msi last year i feel like yeah, so like that's I think what spurred Double If more was like it's not that there's big changes once a year, it's that the changes are constant and sometimes they're not that insignificant at critical points of the year for pro teams. So like I, I think um that is different from the casual perspective, which is just like I haven't played in three months. What the fuck is going on since the last time I played, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's really funny when a friend of mine joined me who hasn't played in two years and didn't know what any of the items did. Exactly. <laughs> Is there a, is there anything that you guys would like to, like, I don't know if anybody wants to throw out from the four of you, now that we have a Chemtech panel going on right now on the show. 
Um, any changes that you guys would like to see that could bring Chemtech back and you guys would be happy? Because they've said that it's going to come back. So, like, are there just specific tweaks they need to make? Is it is it really just a thing where you guys are like, uh, anything that looks like this is going to be a terrible decision? Um, my two cents would be anything involving camo slash invisibility is going to be pretty poorly received by the community. Vision changes are just things that people don't like in general. Um, it's really obnoxious. And the only other thing I'd say is like, please just get a little bit more design cohesion in there. Like even on the cutdown mechanics, listen to this. This is something I didn't get to talk about ever on my cast, but I kept wanting to bring it up. The cutoff point for when the cutdown from the Drake buff kicked in, started at 340 and scaled up to 1080 higher than your current HP. And it would scale up. And basically by the time you took the first Drake, usually around like when people were getting to like level four to six to eight, you know, like you're around 500 health that they need to be higher than. And it works on monsters and stuff. But then the chem fog kicks in at the same, excuse me, it doesn't kick in. It has the same break points, but it scales from 0% up to the percent that it kicks in at the same values. So one scales from zero to that value when it's at max and one doesn't turn on. And then it's always max at that value. Like they have competing mechanics going on within the same kit of like what it is like just make them the same like why are you confusing the shit out of everyone with like one scales and one doesn't scale and one just turns on at the same value like there's a lot of these kinds of things that i have problems with with this with this design it was it was a nightmare one thing that i thought was fog, like sorry sorry to clarify the fog had the scaling ramping damage boost up to the threshold whereas the soul or not the soul the buff just went on at that value sorry oh no I, I think the soul is i i fine like i think they've balanced it to where it's no longer awful i don't think it's good i think something they could have done which would have made more sense even thematically just based on like seeing what it does is like make it like a like a damage over time or something like make that be what you get for each soul or something or each dragon and like try to make it around that because like the the fog and chemtech and all of that already like poisoned and messes with people like an arcane and it turns them into weird things so like you can continue like it's like it's almost like a poison uh like make it do damage over time it, like similar to like like plasmids and bioshock if anyone's played that like it looks like it's it's going into them to force them to have something else so like make it do damage over time and that would that would feel i don't know what they can do for the rift itself because there's really there's the four elements. I don't know what else you can do. That's going to be the hard part for the here's, design. Here's how we combine our ideas, big angry hobo. The Chemtech Dragon has smog, and just like real pollution, you take damage over time every second you're on the rift. <laughs> there we go. From inhaling it. <laughs> if you get the soul, your entire team just gets Karthus ult, and the game just ends. The uh, the river <laughs> starts to rise more and more as the. Uh... <laughs> Climate change occurs on the rift. Um, all right. Anyway. I think we uh, kicked this topic officially. Yes, exactly. Uh, thank you, Mogul and Big Angry Hobo. Let's, let's start. Big Angry Hobo, what do you want to shout out? I want to shout out everyone's Amazon Primes in the chat. Make sure you go over to Mark Z's channel and use them oh over my there. God. I'm kidding. Okay, what, uh, what, you, what else? I'm kidding. Use them. I've been subbed here for 44 months, Travis. Use them here. Use them here. Uh, and then obviously Alienware, Game Fuel, and uh, uh, I think I saw Grub, Grubhub, Grubhub on there as well. Grubhub, yes. So yeah, absolutely. Give uh, give all of our uh, go over, use code Travis at Game Fuel. It's really good. Thank you so uh, much, Mogul. How about you? Game Fuel. Uh, shout out to Mark and Gabby. Y'all had one of the most fun casts I've watched in a while, honestly. Hey, killed it in my opinion. And Gabby, that was a 
really good first cast. So props. Hope you get better from here. Thank you. Much love. Much love. Thank you so much for the call, guys, and we'll catch you next time. I'm so Let's awkward. Play. I don't know what to do when people, people say the nice you. things. Yeah. Um, I <laughs> just say thank you, generally speaking. That's my strategy, uh, and it's, it's worked out for me over time. Mark, what were you going to say? You had some reaction. Mark? Oh, he left. Uh, thank you to uh. John G365 for the 30, 23 months. Narrow Bridge for the three years. That's awesome. Thank you, guys. There seems like there, I had something else I was going to, some other joke I was going to make. Um, hey, uh, LaTigris, you did high-res stuff previously, right? I did. So, like, I started in League Challenger scene stuff. Okay. And then I eventually went through an opportunity, went to high-res, and mostly covered paladins while I was okay. there, and then did some smiting. I was going to make a smite joke, uh, but then I didn't, I had, I was trying to remember if I had incorrectly remembered uh, your past work, so I don't know. Nah, yeah, I was involved, but it's funny because everyone, they're like, oh yeah, I remember you from the smite and like casting smite, and I was thinking about it, and I was like, I don't think I ever actually casted smite pro league. I did a show called The Caster and cast it over VODs and stuff, and then like through that, and then I mostly did Paladins, and I did some stuff, like, for Smite content. But then I have, like, a pack in there, like, announcer pack thing. So I was like, oh, that's probably what kind of, like, adds some of the confusion, too. So Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, either way, our next caller is here. Gazalith, where are you calling from? I am calling from... The oh, you are very quiet. Chicago, Illinois. Can you oh. get in a little closer to your microphone? I'm, like, eating it right now. Yeah, this is good. This is good. <laughs> keep it, keep eating it. Uh, <laughs> all right. Repeat one more time. Uh, the suburbs of Chicago, Illinois. Hey, I lived in Illinois. Uh, okay. Yeah, but you can't just claim that you've been at a certain point. I did. I went to grad school there. I believe you, but I'm just saying. Uh, okay. I'm eating some. I'm eating some Lumalnadis right now. It's great. Great. Gaz, what do you want to talk about on the show? Gaz, what do you want to talk about on the show? I want to talk about, um, so I had two takes. The first one was uh, that Fudge is scaling up to become, uh, or he will be the best mid in LCS by the end of the spring. Uh, he's got a solid starting point, and he's looked good in his first couple of weeks. And uh, I think he's going to follow a similar trajectory to when he was in top lane last year and scaled up to become the best top laner in LCS, debatable with Alfari. Um and then my second one was that C9 should definitely not be starting this roster for Spring, spring Split. Which did you pull him for, Mark, or did you pull him for both because they're C9 takes? I, I pull him for both because it depends on how contentious the first one is because I could easily see that being one where we all just kind of agree and, you know, like, yeah, yeah I mean, looks good. I mean, I think it's, it's a pretty, I think it's pretty bold to say he's just going to be flat the best, you know? Like, there's got to be a lot of Bjergsen out there. Um if that's that's the case, Abe I think hasn't looked great in uh, lock in, but maybe he like I I think it's just pretty big to say, but I I would agree that he's going to become t a top mid laner. It seems like he's adapting pretty well, and I don't know. Travis, make your all pro ballot right now. My all pro ballot. And you too, Gabby. Yeah, we're all doing all pro ballots right 15, now. Fifteen. Isn't that fifteen players? Or no, you're just, just the mids. Mid. Just the just the mids. For spring or for summer? Right now. 
for oh like how I would vote everybody based off you, two weeks use of lock in. Use the data right now to predict your spring lock in one. Spring lock in. No wait no just spring not lock in. Sorry. Use lock in to not project even your done spring. With lock in. You want I me to lock speak. in my spring playoffs? Uh, all pro team. Some of these teams have played four games. Aren't there mid laners Perfect. that have not even played in the league yet? Yes. Uh, yes. Wait, okay. of the of the uh, are all the mid. Why don't uh, I just I make this was... a prediction? I'm just going to predict the top three. Okay, for, fine, whatever. Predict your top three all pro. Yeah. Um. I will say. Abadage, Jojo Pion. I don't know. And no, do I have to give the order? Yes, this is your order. You order just Abba as your first team all pro. Oh god, I don't think there's gonna be a clear for spring, clear mid laner number one. Uh oh, oh okay. It's just so tough. Um I think in the first and second slot we'll have either Abadage or Jojo Pyun, and then we will have Bjergsen as number three. Wow. Alright. Uh, I don't know what the order would be, but I feel like the trend of the year, if you were to like project some things, that people are going to be super hype on JoJo, and they're going to want him up there. I feel like if Fudge keeps doing well, people clearly like want to see him like continue to grow and succeed, and they'll want to put him up there. And then Bjergsen, they're like, all right, you playing like how you used to, to some degree? We want to see you up there. So I mean, in terms of like how voting goes, I feel like those three like might hover. Because the secret thing that people don't really spend enough time thinking about when they think about this stuff is like, it's really hard. You, you're going to look amazing if you have an amazing team around you. And so that's part of the reason why, like, I think depending on when uh, TL can run their full roster, Bjerg should be able to be in there pretty easily. You and know. then Abe's had a ton of good success. Um, obviously with, with Hunter T and I think that they can recover from this. And so, and then EG seems like a pretty safe, safe bet too. So I think, I think this... like what could hold fudge back is like C9, like not having their full roster and having to get their shit figured out over the next, because it's only six oh, weeks. Some people think a story. People forget like. it's only six weeks. So yeah. I mean, they this keep saying that fucking the is going to be there. A blaze olive slander. What look, is going look, look. on? You know what? Who we thought was going to be like maybe in that I wasn't saying like what I think it's going to be, what my votes would be. I'm telling you that based on like story and the way the teams are performing around him, those are like going to be ones that people are like, oh yeah. Based on Lockin, we haven't seen a Blaze Olive. How can you ask us to put him in the top when because you're saying he's based it on Lockin when he it. hasn't? I don't need to see him. To he literally know the wouldn't Blaze be Olive. on the ballot though because he Peter. hasn't played a game. Peter so knows what's up. Jojo, Ablaze, Palafox, one, two, three. Yeah, I don't think that. I think it. I think what held Ablaze back in summer was the rest of his team. Like, and I think that yeah. Golden Guardians is not going to be a it's top. Great. I think it's really hard to get on that ballot if you're not a top five team. Uh, I think no, it's hard think... to get on that ballot when you haven't played a game, Mark. Yeah, I'm just ignoring. I know Mark's that was that was my bad on, on the. Uh, also, I'm mostly memeing with the uh, Ablaze all stuff. I feel like I feel like the points you guys made about how people look at best team and how they vote and stuff matters a lot. Um, I feel like there's four candidates, like you guys said, between Bjerg, Jojo, Abba. Was that maybe it? 
Can, is Fudge up there for you, Mark? Fudge? That would be four. No, not right now. He's been okay, but I, I feel like he didn't but have that's a... that's still... Like, I feel like if you're looking at where, okay, like if you're investing in the idea that he started okay and he'll continue to improve if he makes any like improvement and C9 does well on any level, people will be like, yeah, fudge, want to vote for fudge. Yeah, I you just know. mean, yeah, so far he he hasn't, I wouldn't put him in the top three mids based off this tournament. Correct. I don't think he would either. I'm yeah. pretty sure he also ranked himself like middle of the pack. Yeah. Abba's probably not top three based off this tournament either. Bjergsen, <laughs> JoJo, and then like what is it? Is it blue? Honestly, is it Fudge or blue? Twitch chat. Who's 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 your third? Assuming Bjerg and JoJo is on everyone's list, Travis, do a Twitch poll. Okay. For Lockin, who's who's your top? Who's your third? Is it Abba or Fudge? Or uh, Palafox, or, yeah, or or other. I don't know. Uh, I think Peter just. I think Peter can only say NA mid names. And and you're Takeover, and you're saying Jojo Ryoma. and Bjerg are already up. Oh, sorry, I have Abba, Fudge, Palafox, and other. You're saying Jojo and Bjerg are already in it. I would say Fudge, Abba, and then Field, like other, like everyone else. Okay, and. Okay. and Bjerg and, and Jojo are already taken care of. So aside from Jojo Bjerg, who's the third on the all-pro ballot? Okay. Oh, God damn it. Twitch chat is all over the place. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, Zhao, the poll, Whippo, the poll is out. The poll is out. Also, I should say we have... Uh, what is it? Is it? What is your title, Dominic? A VP of competitive at TSM? I need to look it up. Um, VP of esports at TSM is in the chat and he's arguing he's upset that we're not saying KD is going to be up there. Well, he he didn't play. And not on the ballot. Yeah. Um, I gave I gave very bad. If you want to get your players on this ballot, you should also get them a visa. That is my suggestion. <laughs> to I feel like that's a good strategy. Okay, uh the survey is looking Overwhelmingly other. Yeah, yeah. People are not aboard on board. The, Mid beast you know. humanoid. Thanks, guys. It's almost like yeah. forming cohesive opinions on the performance of the mid laners for an all pro ballot after a handful okay. of games. Um let's almost. Uh, almost. okay. Wait, what not was the possible. second the second take was they should not stick with this roster, right, Gaz? Yeah, they definitely should not. Like it's been fun while it lasted or while it lasts i guess you know i think most c9 fans are kind of looking at next week as a bit of a loss um but darshan is like he, he's he's not looking too great i don't like it when he plays action or action or whatever it's pronounced um files definitely still has some room to grow like sven has been around forever and uh, not that he's bad but we kind of know what he is so it's just it's not exciting like there's no real reason to start this roster it feels like um it, it'd be better if you almost went with their rumored off-season roster they had for a while where it was fudge top and copy mid because at least then like what could copy do that's a bit exciting fudge is still awesome that's kind of cool too um this way kind of feels like you're bringing in you know old uh, players who have been around for a while and still expecting success like you're bringing in darshan okay but mark mark oh, yeah. go ahead, mark 
I was going to say, so it sounds Gasly is taking a more narrative angle. Like, oh, it's it's not cool to run Sven and Darshan again. But what if Summit and Berserker get here and they just shit the bed and C9 is zero six? I was going to ask both of you guys. Okay, I'm going to ask Mark and Gabby this question. No, I, said, was, I was here through, like, what, what was it? Season 8 when they shit the bed with, like, Jensen and stuff like that. Like, they could still do cool stuff afterwards and, and turn it around. Um, okay. And if they shit the bed, then they shit the bed. Let me ask, yeah, let me ask Mark and Gabby. If LS comes over here and they finally put together their full uh, lineup, Captain Planet players or whatever, and they're just losing every scrim, do you, do you say, well, this new roster still needs time, we're not going to throw them into LCS where they're going to start losing immediately? Or do you... Do you just force them onto the the stage and say, "Fucking go"? Uh, I think you just put them on stage. Cause I mean, just I don't see what the point is of not putting them on stage. That they're gonna get tilted. People get tilted in scrims too. That's the thing. Is like. Yeah, you have a week of scrims. Like I've had weeks of scrims where our team fucking lost every single game. Everyone hates each other. And then you go on stage and you win. Everyone's like, huh, I guess we just had a bad week of scrims. Or they fucking hate each other. You go on stage and it's like also bad and you still hate each other. But like, if you're getting shit on in scrims, you're getting shit on in scrims. Don't feel good. Gabby? I feel like you wouldn't make the like rash decisions based just on scrims. You want to see the idea come through and actually perform on the stage. I also wouldn't be surprised if we see individual switches throughout the year just based on the fact that in their content, they seem to be explicit about wanting to base their paradigm on an individual improvement basis and trying to use that ecosystem to get everyone to improve for the team and for themselves. So, you know, there might be weeks where they come in and, hey, so-and-so was performing really well in a lot of our internal practice, and we want to reward that and see how that works out in this context or something, right? You know, but, um, yeah, I don't think you would, like, change your roster ideology just based on scrim performance. I'm very curious. I don't feel like they have a ton of time to make those swaps. Like, I worry that because they're going to come in, there's only, like, six weeks of spring. I wonder how long it they would give themselves before they start making those types of swaps if they end up doing it, so... We'll have to figure it out. Um, either way, Gaz, thank you so much for the call. Anything you want to shout out before we take a quick break? Uh, shout out to the actual greatest quarterback of all time, the one who took down uh, the undefeated Patriots in multiple Super Bowls, Eli Manning. Uh, and also to um, to Game Fuel uh, because TGI is pretty cool. Thank you so much, Gaz, for the call, and we'll catch you next time. All right. Uh, we are going to take a quick break right now to talk about our newest sponsor, which is Grubhub. Grubhub joined us. If you missed last week's episode, uh, they are now sponsoring Hotline League throughout the whole year, as well as additional uh, TGI content. And one of the cool perks that they have given myself, and I have generously shared this with uh, TGI co-owner Mark Zimmerman, is uh, a great deal. I'm just kidding. Um, we, we, we're, we're sharing it between the two of us a great deal of Grubhub credit on a monthly basis. And so I have been enjoying this because they gave me my Jan January allotment uh, in the past, uh, about uh, within the last week or so. And I've ordered from, this is maybe not something I, I don't know, one, two, three, four, five, six places in the past week. 
Um, and uh, among those things, I've had chicken tacos. I ordered from Met Her at a Bar, which is a great place in um, in Los Angeles. I actually think they had it in the Grubhub commercial that Avli and I were in, and Peter was in last last year. Uh, ordered from Green Olive. I want to be vague about some of these places, so I don't allow you guys to triangulate my home over uh, the next. Travis is so paranoid about this. I mean, there are everyone knows where be... we live. What? Everyone knows where we live. Nobody. What are you talking about? They know we live in West LA because we all live around the LCS, yes. a public place. That's everyone fine. knows where that is. It's yeah. on Google. Uh, the yeah. other day, I ordered from a delicious Chinese place. I had chicken dumpling pot stickers and fried wontons. It's amazing. So either way, thank you to Grubhub for hooking us up. Uh, there's a link below. Actually, I think we can do exclamation mark Grubhub in the chat. Do I have that Nightbot set up yet? If not, I have failed my first deliverable. Ah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to it, too, because Ashley and I like to do big cheat days. And so probably on Thursday, uh, we're just going to order a shitload from Grubhub and just feast. Oh, cheat days just give me so much joy. Yeah, they Mark are. Wants to throw all diet, of his Grubhub like, credit for uh, this month all at once. Yes. Uh, anyway, uh, thank you so much to Grubhub for sponsoring us. I will continue to just make everybody hungry on future episodes by talking about my food. And I guess we'll have to find out from Mark one of these weeks what he has ordered as his big feast on cheat day. Um, but there's a link uh, in the description if you're watching on YouTube to get uh, some Grubhub stuff. And Mark, I haven't actually told you this, but they are, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, they're sending... You and I, as well as some other cool people, some something cool in the mail. I gave them your address recently. So, uh, oh, so much for that. caring about addresses. Giving mine out to, to our, our sponsor, who I trust. <laughs> if anybody would like to sponsor uh, Hotline League at the rate that Grubhub is, uh, the rest of other stuff, you can have Mark in my addresses as well. Um, <laughs> Anyway, thank you so much, Grubhub, for sponsoring the show. Uh, we love you, and welcome to the TGI world. And, uh, yeah, we'll talk more about them in the future. Mark, you want to grab the next caller? Yes. Uh, thank you to Nero Bridges for the three years, Cariel Alexander for the four, and Ronan for the seven months. Were you going to say something, Gabby? I was just... See, now you got me thinking of food. And I was just thinking how happy I was when I did the Grubhub thing and they ordered so many empanadas and then I had it for like the whole week and it was, it was glorious. Yeah. No, I, I, I love getting food delivered. So Grubhub coming on as our, our sponsor has been fantastic. Uh, Franz is here. Franz, where are you calling from? Hey, calling from Provo, Utah. From Utah. Okay. Oh, Provo, Utah. I drove through there one time. I think that's where... Uh, Brandon Sanderson had his like big. Did, did you live there before, Gabby? Huh? <laughs> no. Driven through there as well, though. But that, that, that's it. That's okay. Franz, what do you want is, to talk uh, about on the show? Um, yeah, my take um, is that JoJo Pune and Fudge would be less hyped by analysts in the community if players like Jensen, Perks, Jazuke, and Niski were still playing in North America. And I think the. Basically, the mid lane pool has been trimmed down significantly. Uh, and so there's a need for narrative of these up-and-coming rookies. And I, I, I'm a fan of JoJo and, and Fudge. I think they've been doing well. Um, 
but I think that they are just like, uh, I think there's a lot of hype around them that if they had to go through literally like six amazing mid laners, uh, like they would have had to like last year, uh, it would be a it, lot different. It, this implies, I feel like that you're saying they're overrated. Um, I feel like they're, yeah, I feel like, uh, they're overhyped a little bit. Um, and it, it's not to say that both of them could be the best mid laners, like by the end of this year, by the end of the split. Um, but I think that like, uh, I feel like everyone's expecting Jojo to wow. be the best, like right away. And I, uh, I disagree. Are people uh... expecting Jojo to be the best right away? Other than fucking like Peter Dunn and Andrew Barton. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's the boiled down take that's come out over time. But if for those that at least were like super into the academy and the development scene, there's a lot of hype about JoJo last year. I mean, the Smacks, for instance, one of the casters from that, his whole thing was like, I am the EG Academy number one fan because they play this way. And it they actually had like a lot of exciting stuff around them. So I think think there would have already been a crew at least from maybe like a lot of the endemic very like deep community maybe it's not that you know it's it's a carve out like not everyone tracks that scene as well but i think there would have been people and an overall desire from at least myself and i'm sure other people on the broadcast and stuff too to hype up young and upcoming players alongside some of the grapes so yeah there would be time spent on the jensen's and stuff too but i think there'd at least be some that would be like yeah we want well, to talk about this kid What's interesting to me is I felt like this this took a very different turn. I thought it was going to be like, oh, because there's more space in conversation now because we're not talking about Jensen and Jazuke and these other guys. Now people lower down the totem pole in terms of brands would get more time on on the broadcast. And I thought that was going to be taken in a positive light. But somehow Francis warped this into a negative take that these players are now overrated. And I'm talking about Ryoma and I'm talking about Takui in blue. I feel like that, like JoJo aside, like what about those guys? Do you think they're overhyped too? Uh, I honestly haven't. I mean, like Blue, I don't, I don't think you can say he's overhyped. He's been getting shit on like repeatedly. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I don't know Takui. I haven't heard much about him. Ryoma, not really. I, I like. It seems like uh, most of what I've heard is like, you know, JoJo is is the is basically NA faker. Like he's gonna come in and. I mean, and, counterpoint. Uh, nobody's talking about KD. As well, uh, from yeah, TSM, right? and I feel oh, like he he's not here yet. He's yeah. I know, I know, but people were yeah. hyping up JoJo before he played. People were excited to have jo Fudge. Well, they were hyping up Fudge before he he started playing last year, and then I feel like they've hyped him up again now that he's come over as mid thing. So it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to have played to to be getting a lot of hype. I'll I'll throw another angle at you. If those players were still starting in the league, JoJo would actually get more hype. Because he still would be on EG, right? We're, we're assuming that he's still would on he? his main team. Like, that's if, what's confusing if, to me is because... Yes! Like, I was going to... No, I was going to bring this up because, like, I think part of it, like, it, it might be true. I might agree with the caller in terms of, like, these guys would not be getting this much hype. If only because I think what would happen is if Jazuka and Jensen were in the league, they would be taking spots from uh Halifax. imagine clg with jizuke and then jojo pune and eg beat beat clg how much more how much more hype does jojo get yeah i guess i'm just more curious about where they land because i don't think that gents like if 
Like, if Jensen's playing the league, in my opinion, it's because EG chose him or they didn't drop Jazuke. It's not necessarily... Or, like, one of them went to TSM or something. It's not necessarily because they've, like, gone to a bottom-tier team. Yeah. My take is that if those guys were still on... Okay, it's not CLG, though. You could argue. Like, TSM, sure. If JoJo beat TSM, he would get more hype than if he beats KI Duo, who people don't know even when he gets here, or these academy players right now. And I think the people who are actually would be the ones not getting time are the ones that aren't getting hyped anyways. Like, let's say you add a couple of these guys back in, and it's like Palafox and Takuya are the two that stay. You know, like, we're not really going to be talking about them too much. So I, I think it's the people who are lower down the totem pole. Like, JoJo was going to get hyped no matter what. He's earned it by being amazing in academy by being really young, the Fortnite zoomer mechanics, the fact that he's coming in for EG and they preferred him over Jensen or whatever, like all those narratives would have continued no matter what. I think it's the other people who are benefiting from the, the big dogs not being around. Because JoJo's also on a team. It's not like he's paired alongside a lot of other Academy protégés where you're saying, oh, okay, this is that full development team. We'll see what they do maybe in summer. It's like, oh, they're putting him on this team and you've got Vulcan. You're bringing in Inspired to come hang out in the jungle. You still got Impact. So like, yeah, there's a development aspect because Danny is in his sophomore year, but also only competed in one split last year. And then you have JoJo, but you wouldn't be investing in the talent around them to accelerate to that, you know, high competitive caliber unless you believed in them in the way that makes them competitive in your mind as an organization compared to picking up a Jensen. Yeah, there's price tag and things like that to consider, sure, but they're obviously going for competitive prowess and they trust in him with this roster. So that's pretty hype. Um, Franz, a question yes. for you. What do you think uh, Fudge and JoJo both have in common? Because I think there's another reason why they're getting hyped up. Uh, they're both very young. I, I was going to say that's true. I also think they both have big personalities and talk a lot of shit. Oh, true. And so, like, when I go to... Here's JoJo... Since January 15th, here is JoJo's tweets. Like, just... I'll read them off because they're <laughs> very short. January 15th. Why is everyone making a big deal out of TL's new mid laner? Who is this guy? Quote tweets that tweet after beating Bjergsen. This is your goat? January 16th. Not going to drop one game this tournament. January 21st, ha 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 ha. January 23rd, can't wait to verse a autofill mid laner in semis. Uh, like, this is the only thing he's putting out there, and, and he's backing it up. Um, so I do, and then Fudge similarly. Like, Fudge comes in and it'll just be like, yeah, you know, last year I think he said something to the extent of like, yeah, I just don't think that there's really any good top laners, and like, I'm the best. He said that like very quickly, you know. In fact, he got backlash and lock in because. He talked a lot of shit and then did not good look good in lock-in and then proceeded to just continue to talk shit and was like, did I say all top laters are bad? I meant it, including myself. And then, like, continued to get good over the course of that. So I, I think, like, the secret is people like myself, people like the broadcast are going to get really excited whenever you have any player who's like, you know, I've decided I won't be branding myself as a piece of cardboard. I will be saying things uh, and we'll talk shit and gloat after wins and talk shit beforehand. And so like, that's naturally going to have people lean into it, you know? Um, yeah. So I think it's a, it's a, a variety of things. Um, hey, Peter, if you're still here, can you make Jojo Pian change his name to, or change his picture to not be DeMar DeRozan? I think that's DeMar DeRozan. It's small. I can't see, but 
Peter, I know, I went and zoomed in on it the other day because I was like, who, who is this yeah. in his profile? Exactly. Can we get some branding help for JoJo? Uh, that would be great. He's doing and, a good job so far, but he's a little bit And if you could help. have the branding come from some, the person who was not in charge of the EG took over of the LCS Twitter account, that would actually be very helpful. Um, okay. Uh, what? I, so I, I think we just disagree with you, Franz. I think, um, I think what I was thinking is, uh, I, I totally love like uh, Twitter engagement, and I, I've always been an advocate for that. I love JoJo's tweets, and, and Fudge, uh, Fudge is very good on Twitter as well. I think um, if Perks, Jensen, and Jazuke were still in North America, I think there is a very small chance that uh, with Bjergsen coming back as well, JoJo would end up like uh, in top three All Pro. And I think without them, I think people are kind of expecting him to. At, at this point, after after having played a few games, and he, like, granted, he does look good. Like, I, again, I'm not a, I'm not a JoJo hater. I'm, I'm super excited for him, and I think he's doing really well. But um, I think with with the the lack of of pool in the mid lane, I think, uh, you know, he's he's like if 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 those players were still here, he would be getting um, smacked down a lot more than he is right now. Well. I, I think there's a chance that there'd be more discussion about those players, right? Because it's hard to ever suggest that Jensen's going to suck or, you know, you, you'd have to talk about Jazuke being number one All-Pro last last year. But I think the conversation would probably, especially based off of, if JoJo had a similar run like he's had so far and has would shit talk in a similar way, I think it is tough to imagine a world where people would not be saying, wow, mid lane is stacked. You've got Bjergsen back and you've got... Number one all pro for last year, which was Jazuke, and you've got uh you've got Jensen who's always amazing and had a great world's run, and now you've got Jojo who's like the rookie. Like I think people would just fit all these narratives in. I don't necessarily think people would be like, Oh yeah, there's a fucking seventeen year old, I guess, that joined E. G. That's cool. Um Franz, thank you so much for the call. Anything you want to shout out before we take our final break? Um, yeah, shout out uh my brother Sam in the chat. Uh He's uh, trolling around in there. Shout out to myself on, on June 8th. I came on Hotline League and uh, week one after Summer Split predicted Spica to be MVP. And I was uh, I was slandered and maligned uh, by uh, by Travis and Mark. Um, but I ended up getting that right. Mm. Just kidding. No, no, no hard feelings. Um, mm, I don't I don't recall. And there's no evidence. Travis, delete the VOD. <laughs> um, no, I love you guys. You guys are uh, amazing content creators. Shout out Alienware and Game Fuel. Uh, thanks so much. Thank you so much for coming on. We'll catch you next time. All right. Our final break of the night is for GameFuel, who we just shouted out. Thank you to GameFuel for sponsoring Hotline League. Really appreciate them. Uh, they make a delicious beverages, including this Charged Orange Storm, which you can go pick up over at GameFuel.com slash Travis. If you decide to do so, please use code Travis at checkout to save on your order. We also have variety packs. There's a logo right below me. You can see a picture of the variety pack or one of the variety packs that you can get at gamefield.com. We also have a link in the description of this YouTube video. And uh, if you would like to, you can also order them on Amazon if for some reason they do not deliver to your area in the US. Uh, but thank you so much to Gamefield for sponsoring the show. We really appreciate them. And uh, please check them out if you can. Mark, you wanna grab our last caller? Yes, sir. It's my game fuel, Travis. Do I have to call in with the hottest of hot takes? Oh, the victory take? The one of these? Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I guess so. If you would like that, you you can definitely do that. Uh, I, I will cook something up in my brain. Is your is your space is that like your office? Do you have a dedicated room just for this? Because I've realized, yeah, your backdrop is so specific. Yeah, this is the uh, the office. My place is right here, and then my partner's desk is right here. So we always both have cool, fancy things in the back. That's super cool. Nice. Emulator is here. Emulator, where are you calling from? I'm calling from upstate New York. Gabby? I have not lived there. Okay, well, you know who has? But I have been there. Mark Zimmerman. Hey. Wait, we're in upstate New York. Rochester? Buffalo? Uh, I, go to, I go to school in Saratoga. Oh, uh, okay. And then I live in Boston other part-time. We've talked about this before. Oh, How do you feel about Saratoga, Mark? You just said it wrong. <laughs> Emulator, what do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, I want to talk about 100 Thieves in particular. I, uh, I'll just go right out. I know Closer. I hope Closer's out of the chat, but I don't know if 100 Thieves should be like automatically assumed to be a title contender just because they won it last summer for a couple of reasons that both have to do with uh, this lock-in and like the nature of how they won uh, their title uh, in the summer. Well, I definitely don't think that they're probably... Like, I know a lot of people are, are predicting them to win lock-in, and I don't think that that I may be going against the grain on this, but I don't think they're going to win lock in. Um, so. Oh I, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> sorry, but, uh, probably no, no. not. No, no. Emulator, point. continue on. Sorry, continue. I'm just. Yeah. Anyways, uh, I I guess yeah. My general take is that uh, they should not be assumed to be as strong uh in the spring or summer. I guess this is what I meant. Uh, both having to do. Well, my reasoning is uh, we have seen this team uh with an underperforming mid laner before. Um, and that's not to say, like, Abadaga is, uh, like, doing as little for this team as, like, DeMonte or Ryoma was when they were struggling uh, in the roster. But, like, we have seen over time how important it is for the 100 Thieves mid laner to be, like, very on point for the team. And that, like, without, like, a shot-calling mid laner, uh, like, the whole team falls apart. Uh, or not the whole team falls apart is maybe an exaggeration to say. Uh, but, like, the whole team definitely looks weaker as a result coordination-wise. I think, like, we've discussed in the preseason with the teleport changes that, like, it's going to be bot lane meta, and I don't know if FBI and Huhi have had, like, the performances of, like, the best bot lane uh, in the LCS they did last summer, uh, which is strange and, like, unfortunate because of, the of like, top lane not being as involved in the bot lane anymore. And, like, kind of my final point about it is that I think a lot of people assume that just because 100 Thieves won uh, in the summer that, like, means that they should be assumed that like they could do it again like with ease and i definitely think they have the potential to do it again but i think if you look at last summer 100 thieves had a lot of really advantageous like things going for them in the bracket uh they lost that game that they uh put their academy team in for to get that uh, eventually did get them uh better seating regardless of like whether you think it was a throw or not um, Hundred Thieves did like was like was able to go to the losers bracket uh, and beat Team Liquid off of momentum, uh, which I think like is a thing you could argue is pretty important and was pretty important for Team Liquid's run as well in last summer. So I think there were like a lot of good things that were happening outside of like the team of a Hundred Thieves that were able to like give them such an advantage and uh, win the spring or spring summer uh, last last season but i don't know if we can like automatically assume everything will go just as well for them this season well i don't think anyone's suggesting we should assume everything will go just as well for them this season so yeah that, yeah yeah i, I mean but but especially to, to his to his point he's just saying that like there were things that went well for them last season 
that helped. Yeah. So for sure. You know, and acknowledge you, like, that. You take those in context and also like how hundred thieves looked like in like at the end of summer, for example, like they did not convincingly look like they were like a title contender. Like it was still pretty convincingly in people's eyes, like TL and C9, because I do think like maybe overperformance is the wrong word, but they did like step up for that playoffs that they had like a lot of advantages going into that helped them a lot. So I don't know if like, again, I don't know if anyone is like assuming they are just as like in the same shape as they were now that they like lost a dig, but like a lot of people are still hyping them up like to be one of the best teams in the LCS. And I just don't think that is true right now. I mean, counterpoint to, to this though, is they had a lot of things that went right for them last year. I think there's a lot of things that can go right for them this split. Like, look at their competition. TL, we have no idea when they're going to be able to run their full lineup. We have no yeah, idea. True. Like, T TSM and C9 both are not playing with their lineups and are going to show up over here, and we're going to have to see how it goes, and they have six weeks to figure it out. And they already can't beat Dignitas, Travis. Yeah, Imagine how much harder it's going to be when these teams' lineups are actually here. Yes, I, I think I think looking at the Dignitas series, it's really easy to beat down on 100T and be like, they suck. But if we're just talking about the point on like the advantages that they had last year because of like the way things went well for them in the summer, I think it's very easy to say that things could go well for them again in the spring when, when you look at... like It sounds like you're trying to say last year there were a lot of extrinsic factors that allowed them to, to not necessarily overperform, but to be in a good situation to win. And I am all just mm -hmm. agreeing with that and also pointing out that there could be, like we are ripe for, those ex for similar extrinsic factors to occur this spring, given the, uh, the state of the other uh, four teams in the top five. I, I guess that does make sense. Uh, I guess it's a little dissatisfying. Okay. We got we got we got to get me and Gabby in here. Gabby, you want to go uh, first absolutely, on, absolutely. on your opinion? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, as far as hundred thieves being a contender, I think that they still have a lot of strength to them in general. And when you see them playing the way they want to play and to those strengths, and they're feeling good about it, then that's how you get those three O's in finals. Where, like you're saying, it's not like they went in as this clearly dominant team overall. I think there's still teams that can like give them a run for their money, and I don't think they were ever going to come in as like the oh, they're just going to come and dominate the entire time. Uh, I think that they made it very clear that they're trying to diversify their style. And we saw the same thing last year when they kind of like faltered for a bit. It was because they were trying either trying so hard to commit to one level of play that then it got a little awkward if they had to diverge or they were trying other things. And it was just a big disparity between when they were trying to play through other lanes versus when they're trying to play through bots. So they're kind of like trying to work through that stuff. And there's a very different performance from them when they feel like they're on it and they all feel like they're feeling confident and good on the rift versus when you hear things like, he may be saying in that interview that they weren't feeling good going into the week or, you know, you hear like, oh, they had nerves at this point in time going into this series. So I think there is just a, kind of a larger breadth between how they can perform based on a lot of those factors. But it doesn't mean that you you can write off the fact that they can have those really star moments that can really put them at the top of it. You know, if that makes sense. Yeah, I I think uh, this series had a lot of things that went wrong for them. Um, like for example, I was digging around the stats earlier today, and FBI had in these two games what would have been if this was his average 
the lowest forward percent of bot laners in the entire league. Um, (laughs) So he got Caitlyn both these games too. So like, if you have two Caitlyn games, but you are averaging 10% forward percent for your lane, something is going off the fucking rails. And I don't think it's that FBI just sucks at Caitlyn right now. There are a lot of reasons that he did have that low of a number, but it just it's just to illustrate like how different this is from the F, like the game plan of like FBI pushes lanes, they win lane, closer plays for Drake, they do these kinds of things, yada yada yada. Like this was such an, a a different game plan that like I, I think there's there's a lot of truth in your take about how it'll be more difficult for them this year. Um, there were these other things. They probably aren't like shoe in favorites to make finals uh, for for spring or anything like that. I, I agree with all that stuff, but I just think uh, I I look at this and I go, wow, this was a really fucking weird series that I did not like. Um, and they have some things that they, they legitimately need to get better at. I don't want to just give them a free pass for losing it, but I um, I can't imagine them playing this way for for an entire split. I think they just done goofed. Yeah. And, and, People say give Dig credit. I mean, it, it it is fair that you know they did lose to the best team in the LCS right now. Dig is is the number one team, so <laughs> yeah, true. There's, there's almost because yeah, like I think Dig really did really well. And when I was watching that series, it made me think back to a moment I remember watching last year. I don't remember where it was in the season. It was sometime in the regular season. I don't remember who they were playing, but I remember it was when they were going through a little bit of that slumpy time where they did really well when they played through bot, and then when they tried to play through anything else or the game went differently, there was a bit of a struggle. And there was one point where Closer had a Rift Herald, and there was like an opportunity to drop it top and try and play through the top advantage, and just like didn't play that way and seemed to like the team was really trying hard to like force like to play through bot even when it wasn't working out. And again, I don't remember the specific, but I remember this feeling of like, huh, I feel like they know better than that, but they're like almost trying really hard to be like, this is what's doing well. And it's like, that was like something they're trying to do that game that then made them feel like they weren't like that necessarily 100% on. Cause there was like something that went on in the brain or like their cohesion where it was like, I feel like they could do better than this decision-making, but it didn't quite happen. And like, that's like how it feels in some of these where I'm like, this isn't, you know, we, we've seen other play from them and we've seen those high mm-hmm. moments where you can't judge them off of this series. I think then they go and they go back to the drawing board. They try to figure out like, why were we feeling a little wonky? Why were we having a hard time keeping up vision? Why wasn't it feeling like we knew what to do when that like bot plan wasn't working out? And then they figure that out. And then you get series where you're like, oh, they, they 3 owed that because they really came through and workshop and had a game plan. Uh, yeah. All right. Just to chime in quick, there's a guy popping off in Twitch chat about giving Dig credit and all this stuff. I mean, we're talking about it from the 100 Thieves perspective because the callers We did the Dig thing earlier. Yeah. (laughs) The caller's take is about 100 Thieves. Dig gets no credit. uh... 100 Thieves sucks. All right? That's why they're not getting credit. Do you think Dig is going to fucking contend for like a finals position in spring? Thanks for keeping it real, Travis. Even with the dig people in here, you let them know. You guys fucking suck. Bakery, I'm wearing a fucking Heroes of the Storm League shirt, okay? I I support (laughs) dead things, and that's why I am still going to support dig, even though their chances of making finals are dead. Um, Okay. (laughs) Dead. Uh, Those of you that don't know, Bakery uh, used to do Heroes of the Storm stuff. Um... 
All right. One of the last esports events of that game. R.I.P. Yeah. Well, good old. Maybe Microsoft will resurrect it. Uh, <laughs> where I was gonna say something very insightful uh, before I just fucking trolled all the dig the dig fan I should say. Um, Abel. Okay, wait. What was it? Uh, it was about Hunter T and well. Oh, I was gonna ask you guys. Um, Gabby and Mark. Do you think Hunter T panic goes back to a single top laner after this? Like, do you think they're going to keep doing like we're sharing time or you think they're just going to be like, fuck, okay, like these five players just go. Do we know how many scrims Tenacity was getting before this? Was it? it... I I didn't know if you knew Gabby because I I, I didn't know for sure. Nope. I, I have no idea like how much they're actually utilizing both in scrims. And we only got to see the one game from him, right? Yep. From Tenacity, which just wasn't enough, I feel like, to fully judge what he can bring through. It's like, all right, get him play. <laughs> cool. Uh, sorry, I was laughing at something from Twitch chat. I can't go to Yemen. I'm an analyst. Oh fuck! I'm I miss that ad, dude. That ad played all the time, and I I used to say that it was my favorite shit to just say that people had no idea what I was talking about. Mark, do you Anyways, think they panic go back to five rather than the stupid? Get on the plane! <laughs> I don't even know what you're referencing. <laughs> oh, it's these fucking Jack Man. Ryan ads on Amazon. But the Yemen thing's a friend's reference, right? From no, it's it's this ad for. Jack Ryan that played on Amazon Prime all the fucking time on Twitch and it would be so, uh, it just doesn't make sense alright <laughs> Mark can we get back to things <laughs> no it's past 9 o'clock I'm done do I'm they done. play I'm their 5 about... see Chaz Yemen is also friends so I was wondering if that was from front like they is tenacity's of chances friends. of playing in spring dead for the time being yeah sure okay Ambulator. Thank you so much for the call. Anything you want to shout out as Mark is losing his goddamn mind. It's in Twitch chat. Just look at Twitch chat. It's the entire reference right there. I need to see this ad. I'll shout out. It's been a while since I've called. I'll shout out Mark Z. I was really, really sad to hear that uh you got like less time on LCS broadcast, but I'm super happy that you're you're still doing stuff anyways. You've always been one of my favorite analysts on the cast. So keep doing you. Uh, I wanted to show Grubhub because that is definitely the sponsor from Travis Gafford Industries I use the most in my daily life. So uh, so thank you, Grubhub, uh, for sponsoring the show. And then uh, I don't know if this is cringe or not, but at the end I just wanted to shout out myself because uh, I've been having a really difficult time lately. Uh, so just coming on the show is difficult, but super nice to do. So... Ah. I guess shout out to me for that. Yeah, good job. I, yeah, thank you. I good night, everybody. Good shit. Keep night. keep doing it. All right, catch I, you later. I feel bad, I'm... right? Right when he was giving me a nice, a very nice shout out and himself, I was spamming Twitch chat. The... <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, oh, you're the you're stupid. I clicked time, it but... and it started playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's or right, here, that's here. I'll reference. I'll listen to it. We'll, we'll play. Yeah, it I'm playing. <laughs> I can't go to Yemen. I'm an analyst. Get on the plane. Oh, I started playing music at the end. I can't get DMCA'd. Uh, I'm okay. on the human. No, it's, it's like six seconds. You can play. Yo, I got I, locked I played, out of I my Twitter it. earlier because of a DMCA thing. And I was like, what is this? And it was from some video I posted like two years ago. Oh, you I got don't know. DMCA'd? 
yeah, I like wanted to go to respond to you, but then I was like, oh, I can't get into my account and had to go and do the whole like read the terms thing and like. Wow, that's uh, fun. Uh, cool. Well, anyway, that has been the show. Mark, you want to shout out? You got any plugs? Uh, you want shout out. The Blame Game coming out on Wednesday again. Shout out Resin Refresh, which we'll be doing live here tomorrow. Travis, you need to update your show notes. I see the same shit from last week. You better tomorrow, have done Well, something. here's the thing. Mark updates the show notes. I book our guests. And I should say we have Fobmaster on tomorrow. Oh, nice. Yes. You're welcome, Mark. Um, okay, sorry, well, on. now that you've finished that, you have uh, about 12 hours to get some show notes in there. 15 yes, hours. I need to do both... Re- <laughs> I'm doing a, a sponsored stream after this, so everybody stick around. It's very helpful if you do. Uh, and, then um, I, and then I also have to do Resin Refresh and Rift Reaction show notes tonight, so it's going to be a late night for me. Sorry, All right, well, have fun with that. Uh, that's about it. Also, shout out everyone who watched me record the Blame Game live today on my Twitch. It's a good time. It's a hoot, and you get a lot more depth than I get to go into on the Blame Game. Mark is... Uh... Mark is promoting his own uh, content instead of driving views to the YouTube channel. This madman. All right. Anyway, well, I shouted out the blame game first, which gets posted on your YouTube channel. The Tigress. What do you want to shout out? What do you want to plug? First, just thanks to everyone that had such kind things to say and stuff after this weekend. Definitely much more than I was expecting. So uh yeah, y'all are y'all are the real ones. And um yeah, I'm on Twitter at Latigris and I think I'm starting to stream again. I streamed a little TFT last night and I gonna keep chilling on the channel after like a year and a half of not and look at this nice. kitty because kitty cats are amazing and should be allowed in all places and including the chats of can't Oops. wait to have you back on again, Latigris. It's very nice of you to. You invited someone named Latigris, and yeah, expect Tigers them are to not. not... They're in Nobody's... the feline no. family. Kobe is not trying to get me to get a tiger for the home. All right, this is a different. Yo, there's ti- Don't there's extend cats, the though, war. that look somewhat like tigers, and when and like any when you like adopt one, they give money to saving real tigers out in the world. That's a thing. Go go do that. <laughs> Everything's just pass. timeouts. <laughs> You're killing it. All right. Um, thank you, the Tigers, for coming on. Congratulations on the the cast this weekend. It was cool that both you guys were casting. I think that that is swell. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Mark, for good good no. fun first cast times. Thank you. It was my honor, and thanks for coming on uh, Hotline League. Are you, are, yeah, you are either a, of you guys casting of this weekend? Do you know? When when can Mark? Do you know when we can like say I don't what we're know. doing? I don't want to get in trouble. Yeah, because but... I I think it was like once you know you can say, but I don't know. I mean, it's not yeah. like they announced it. You guys just show up on the cast, so it would be weird to me. I think uh, it's more like Facebook. contingencies. Like if we say something on Monday, but something changes on Tuesday or Wednesday, and then it's like already public. I don't, I don't know, yeah. man. I'm just not trying to piss anyone off. Yeah, I'm. I don't know. Doing things. All right. Well, uh, here, we, I assume we will see you again on the broadcast this weekend in some capacity, Latigris. Uh, we will both be on the uh, on the broadcast, I believe, in some capacity, right? We can say that. All right. Yes, we can say that. Dear God. All right. Thank you guys so much uh, for doing the show. For me, 
Uh, I've got some great interviews. There's an interview that I did with Jojo where I asked him his opinion on Bjergsen, his answer. You won't believe it. It'll be going up tomorrow. Um, and shout out to Rift Reaction and Resin Refresh, uh, the the alliterative podcast that I do on Tuesdays. You can catch those uh, tomorrow. Well, I will record one tomorrow that'll come out on Wednesday, but they'll both come out over the next two days. And uh, stick around because I am going to be doing a stream thing, and it's super helpful when you guys are here for that uh, because if nobody watches me, then I will never get sponsored. Uh, to do anything after Hotline League. So, thanks. Anyway, we'll catch you next week for another episode of Hotline League.